Yo, what's up guys and gals? A question I hear a lot is do I know anybody who is a good web designer? Yes, I do. Kyle Henderson at Jellyflea, Jellyflea Creative, jellyflea.com, super good dude. He is a former full-time skydiver. We like to support our own. We like to support skydivers. He is still a jumper. He fun jumps regularly, but he worked in the sport for quite a while. Not only are we supporting our friends, our family, our skydivers, but Kyle and Jellyflea are unbelievable. I'm a huge advocate for what we promote here on the show as some as things we are customers of, things that we have worked in the products of, the services of, and people we, we actually believe in. I don't want to promote a business or, or a product to you that I can't stand 100% behind. And Jelly Flea designed the Rating Center's new website, theratingcenter.com. It's absolutely beautiful. Immediately, the responses I got back from my customers was how wonderful it looked, how great it looked, the usability of it all. And the best part is, is I had nothing to do with it. I don't have a great mind for web design. I have an aptitude for talking. I have an aptitude for being an examiner. I can present things in a, in a verbal or vocal format, but I mean, putting it on an internet screen, man, I surf the web. And I had these images and these designs that I wanted Kyle to work off. I gave him a loose description and he came up with something that I couldn't have touched, man. But as good as the website is, service after the sell, that that to me is really the true mark of a phenomenal company. And Kyle with service after sell, he, he's been hosting, Jellyflea has been hosting my website for years and then recently redesigned and, and did my website. And in both aspects, the service is phenomenal. With hosting, if there's ever a problem with my server being down, with anything going on, which has only happened a couple times ever and very, very briefly, Kyle knows before I know. Kyle will let me know if anything is per, and I, I immediately get updated to anything I need to know. With my website being built, with with, the, with it being up to date, he's always on top of it, always, always ahead of the game. So there's never really a problem. In past, I've always had to hit some guy up or ask questions and get things done. And it's okay to do it that way. But to, to have a service like Jellyflea who just takes care of everything and, and they know what you need before you do, it's been wonderful. As I've learned more about the Rating Center website, the functionality he set before me was phenomenal. Ideas I had not thought of yet. It made me think of new and more ideas and, and requests from users. And all of a sudden, immediately, those things would get fixed. I would send Kyle a message. He would either immediately have a solution resolution or a pro, or a, uh, a uh, proposal on how it could be done. If, if there's a cost, he would say, this is what we could do or this is going to be the cost. Always broken down extremely well. Super effective communicator, gets back to me right away all the time. Service after sale, man. I, I just cannot preach and promote that that product enough. And, and I really appreciate what Jellyflea does. Hit up jellyflea.com. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them wherever. They do uh, social media stuff. They do web design. You name it. They do a little bit of it all. They have a phenomenally clean and crisp look and they can do whatever you want. Tell them DJ. Tell them Gravity Lab sent you. Say hello. Check them out. Tonight, our guest is a guy named Andrew Clemens. I met Andrew at Scottish Spaceland San Marcos. As a younger jumper, he still is a younger jumper, maybe around 230 jumps. We'll find out. Uh, and to me, that is a really cool time of skydiving. You, you've got enough information to start making intelligent decisions and go in, in directions that you understand. And, and it's always curious to see how a fellow or a gal thinks at that point. So uh, enjoy hearing a little bit about Andrew and a little bit about his journey to 230 jumps. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. 
I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Right on, man. Right on, right on. So, uh, gentlemen, I took that away from you. You did. <laughs> Justin normally starts the show. We go live, and he yells out, gentlemen, to introduce us all. I, I wanted to steal his thunder tonight. Uh, Andrew Clemens, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Andrew Clemens, I first met you uh, only, only a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was November, if I remember right. I was in San Marcos. You're a newer jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually met you very briefly in passing. It's a, uh, as a matter of fact, I think you've been here for 40 minutes yep, just and that's the minutes. most solid time we've spent together in mm-hmm. our, and I think yep. period. So, uh, guys and gals, if you're listening tonight, you're going to get to know Andrew while I do. Uh, obviously I enjoyed the fella enough that I really thought he would be a good person to, to interview. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Um, and, and talk to, I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb. Otherwise... It's going to keep doing that stupid thing. Um, So I want to get to know you. The reason I wanted to bring you in right now is not just because you're an interesting person. Is We talked about this tonight already. You have how many sky jumps? 230. 230. Now, Justin, remember when you had 25 jumps, 50 jumps, and you're like, I want it, and you knew what you wanted to do? Yeah. How often are people just wrong about that statement? Uh, All the time. Yeah, man. Now, regularly, you're right. So if you're at that little low number, that 25 to 50 jumps, man, A, you should be setting these goals. Don't be afraid (laughs) to change them. It's good that you have goals, right or wrong, have some. Um, But you're going to change because you just don't know what you don't know. Did you have goals when you had 25, 50 jumps? I did have goals whenever I had 25, 50 jumps. Um, And they've sort of changed a little bit, but but have actually um, kind of came together a little bit stronger. Um, And so starting out at about once I got my license, I realized that you could make money skydiving from from teaching people how to skydive and then also videoing. Uh, tandems. And that just blew my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. Um, and so that's kind of been the overarching goal is AFF uh, instructor and, and videographer for tandems. And um, as I've grown and, and, you know, gotten my wings a little bit, a little bit more, um, the student one has really started to take form. And that's really where I want to lay my passion is, um, is teaching other people how to skydive from the very start. And you're familiar with it. I just started doing the mentor program at 200 Skydives. Um, I started mentoring at Spaceland San Marcos. And it has been so cool getting to work with people that already have that base skills, but then also getting to teach them new safe habits and, and stuff like that. So I really want to follow in line with that. Yo, we're talking about goals changing. That's pretty much when mine changed, too. I, uh, I have a history of teaching a little bit and uh, starting to do that mentor stuff where you can see the light bulb come on in people in free fall and like see them get it on the next few jumps. That's just the coolest thing ever. That's, that's yeah. really, I, cause I didn't really necessarily have a desire to get like my AFF instructor rating, but that definitely pushed me there. Like, Oh man, I want to do this. I want to take somebody on their first jump. I want to get somebody their license. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just push that. Are you doing a lot of the mentor program? Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to split my time pretty much half and half. So 50% working with, um, you know, mentees and then 50% working on myself. 
and, okay. and the, those types of jumps. So I've been skydiving pretty much every single weekend. I've done it. I've done that for the past six months of my life. Missed one weekend in, since August. And, um, and so I'm trying to do either Saturday mentoring and then Sunday uh, fun jumping or doing a whole weekend of mentor jumps and then a whole weekend of fun jumps depending on the funds and stuff like that so nice it's definitely important to keep that balance mm-hmm. um hey justin can you bring me up a little bit hey yeah. is this mic on to you mm-hmm. my headphones are all the way down if you can i don't know what's going on with these uh sorry just rearranged chairs if you're just watching this just closing the circle out a little bit um i think it's the cable ah there it is i got it um can you t- bring me back down i'm yelling at myself now a Ooh. little bit more there you go that's perfect man sorry about that um Super interesting. I had no clue your goal was to really go the instructional coaching teaching route. Mm-hmm. And there's two conversations. So I totally screwed Justin's cameras and everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry, bro. Uh, there's two conversations that this really wants to bring me down tonight, uh, eventually through time. And one is I really wanted to talk a little bit more about the mentor role in skydiving. Um, I think this is a great opportunity with you. And then uh, we every now and then we'll travel different paths in skydiving. And one of them is how to become an instructor. So I think it for me, we, we've had it from the instructor's point of view. Uh, you, I don't know if you know Chris Fudala, an examiner, uh, trains coaches with us. We've learned of his role, of his path from new jumper to examiner. So his perspective, but to hear it from your perspective, looking back up the chain the other way. I, I want to talk about those tonight. Uh, getting a little bit back to your history, though, when did you start jumping? I started jumping the summer before last. I did about six skydives with the AFF program. Um, I was at a, a different drop zone than Spaceland. Where at? Um, I was at Lone Star. That's Lone where Star? I, yeah, hey, that's yeah. where I started. And just some of the decisions being made, I just wanted to take a break from it um, from there. And I did a little bit of research on some other drop zones around, around town. Yeah. And Spaceland came up. Went out there. Um, Thomas ended up being there whenever I showed up, and he gave me a tour of the place. And I was like head over heels for Spaceland. I was like, "This is where I want to get my training. This is where I want to finish it up." And um, and yeah, and so I started back up in about March, at the end of March, and finished out the my STP program at the beginning of May. Okay. Man, Thomas Hughes showing you around like mm-hmm. at the time you have no clue who he really is and what I he's did, accomplished. <laughs> but um, there's not many people in this world who will ask you a question about you who genuinely care about your answer as much as he does. Mm-hmm. Like when he's showing you around, he really cares about showing you around. He's really invested in your time. He's really considering you. And it's just so amazing how a guy can do that in general, but then a guy with his accolades, because mm-hmm. he could act, I wouldn't say it would be right, but he could act above that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I, that's, no, man, this is one of the best of the best. And I think one of the reasons is he just gives a lot of fucks about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you uh, started, eventually got through AFF. When was it you said you thought an instructor might be a path you want to go? So it was... I was jumping with Griff. Griffin did a couple of my Griff, Griffin I am Kenny. So sorry. Did a couple of my <laughs> STPs, and he kind of he kind of like showed me the light as far as like the rad side of skydiving. You know <laughs> that there was you know, and um, and I'm so yeah, and then so we were we were jumping a lot like right as I got licensed, and I just I have a coaching background with wakeboarding from whenever I was in college. Um, that was what I did for on the side for my fun money, there. 
And I had lost that. I've moved to new posi- a new position at Texas Gear Ranch, my current uh, full-time job. And that, you know, that fulfillment of coaching somebody and seeing something that you teach somebody else and then they understand it and pick it up. Um, I think that's a, a fulfilling deal. And so I was kind of missing that in a part of my life. And I found out that you can do that in skydiving. And so very soon after I got licensed and all that, I was, you know, had kind of that goal set of wanting to get there one day. I want to talk about the path for that goal, but let's go backwards to your job. You currently work where? At Texas Ski Ranch. At Texas Ski Ranch. And what is Texas Ski Ranch? It is a cable wakeboard park on steroids. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Most cable wakeboard parks are, um, you know, just the oval and the cable and then a shack where you check in. Um, We were the third park in the United States to open up, and it's a complex. So we've got an event center. We've got a restaurant. Um, we've got a boat dealership, a retail shop, and all this is on property underneath a big um, building. And we're currently expanding with a uh, axe throwing house and a craft bar. And so we're pumped on all that. So that's that's where I work at. Man, that is. let's drink and throw axes. axes. <laughs> that's, everybody says that right yeah. off the start. Dude. Yeah, that sounds like a good time, man. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a Lord of the Rings moment coming on. Get my little battle axe and start throwing it while even dwarfs around or something. Do you have to speak friend to enter? I'm not sure, but if we have Nick, we can throw dwarves around. <laughs> yeah. That's two shows without your short. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got cuss at him every now and then. Um, and at some point you were a instructor? Yeah, I was a wakeboard coach and cable operator. Okay. For as a wakeboard coach, you're teaching new people. People that have never been on the water. They could be six years old, they could be fifty years old. And so it would get interesting. And how, so a lot of these were like one-timers. They say Mm -hmm. first-timers, but they're really one-timers. Yes. Um, Yes and no. Some of them progress into like multiple times. Some eventually Mm -hmm. become guys like you. Mm -hmm. To me, I think there's a similar parallel parallel to tandem, not just tandem skydiving, AFF, general solo skydiving. A lot Mm -hmm. of guys do one jump and that's it. Some turn into people like us. Um, How much training did you get to get to, to become a coach there? Um, Quite a bit, but not the same as what you would do in skydiving. It was more of a structure on how you needed to coach, and then you needed to be able to um, look at particular issues with the person on how they were putting weight on their board and stuff Mm -hmm. and be able to fix nitpick that um, section of of deals. And then we had just an outline of what we had to follow to get somebody up in three tries or less. And so if you came wakeboarding, you'd get up in three tries or less if you came to the ski ranch. I uh, actually will be in San Marcos from time to time throughout the year. Um, at some point, planned on asking you this question, and I'll ask you this question now, deal, but only if you're my coach. Okay. Like, will the bosses give you like, hey, I'm going to arrange the time ahead of time. My buddy's going to come in, but only if I'll actually work with him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. With that. Heck yeah, dude. No, I'm, I'm 100% interested. I've always wanted to try. Uh, I had a ski boat uh, with my dad in Indiana. We could tow everything and anything behind it, including people on wakeboards, but none of us knew how to wakeboard. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got up on the wakeboard once or twice by accident and not quite sure what we did to get there. <laughs> yeah. And it was probably the worst possible way and technique, work my ass yeah. off to do it. So I would like to learn, and I would like to give it a shot. Yeah. For sure, I'm interested, man. Yeah, let's go after it. Yeah, dude, this summer I'll hit you up sometime when, when I'm coming to town. 
to give me a good excuse. Maybe I'll get uh, Mr. Hughes to join us because he, yeah. he already knows what he's doing. Oh, he's been, yeah, he's been, he's, he wants to come out too. So that'd be yeah. fun. He can go watch me eat shit all day long, dude. I'll eat shit. <laughs> I don't mind about that, man. As long as that shit's water. Like, mm-hmm. if it's real pale, dude, I'm it's gross. water, but it hurts sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it will, it, it will hurt. Water can sting, man. I've, mm-hmm. uh, I swoop ponds enough where I've not hit the water vertically, yeah. but where I'm across the water doing a trick and, you and lay in for a superman, superman on the water, and you put your toes down just wrong. It sucks you in, and you belly Ooh. flop on that water, yeah. cruising across those speeds. Ooh, man, I, I'm sure you've had a nut slammer before uh, that water. Oh, uh, a bu- bunch oh. of times, a bunch of times. I laid down a Superman one day, and my nuts just ended up in my throat. It was not a happy day. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Um, so... I so sports specific, I, I guess, with what would you would call your coach training for that? There was all sports specific. There was no general sports psychology, general learning psychology to Mm-mm. it. Mm-mm. Just like this is what this sport is about. Mm-hmm. Where you've gone through a coach course, I believe you did your coach course with Hank. Am I remembering this yep. right? Okay, I cool. did my yeah. The skydiving coach course was with Hank. Yeah, uh, and where we do a little bit of both. We do gen- general sports psychology mm-hmm. and sports stuff, and then sports specific skydiving application to the knowledge you've learned. Um, I like it because it cross trains to other businesses. Definitely, definitely. I've had a buddy who is a uh, a, a kite surf instructor who said he takes his what he learned in the coach course to his daily application of kite surf instruction. Um, I have a martial arts, a couple martial arts instructor friends who've also said the same thing. I use my daily application of martial art instruction. I actually take some thought processes mm-hmm. from coach course. So, so I use um, it a lot for presentations at work too, and and teaching others, teaching young engineers. Yeah. It was like the primacy recency stuff, the whole part whole, like that applies to everything. Mm-hmm. It, it works really well. It's I'm a huge advocate of a well-run coach course. We're not the only ones. The rating center is what we do. Hey man, check out the rating center.com. If you Woo. need a coach course at your drop zone, we'll travel to you. Uh, man, come on. Do, yeah. do I have any rating center? I do not have. There's a sticker on my <laughs> refrigerator over yonder. There's something. Um, no, give us a call. Anyways, uh, the coach course it, that sports psychology can translate to anything, including the business professional. And ultimately that's where Justin's world is. So if you are thinking about doing a coach course, I hope it helps you guys in different ways and find a school who will. Cause mm-hmm. I recently spoke to a friend who described coach examiners or people who get the minimums done um, and acceptably done and they understand and accept that version. And so do I, but I, I just, it's not my preference. Find a school. If you can afford the time and money that go above and beyond the minimums. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure. Yeah, Hank did an outstanding job he with sucks. our coach course. And He's horrible. I mean, all like we the the dudes that I did it with, we all became super tight by the end of it. Um, and definitely invigorate. I mean, I've already got enough invigoration for Scott Ivan, but it like totally um, really put me off on a on a good note after that course. So. So you've now got a little bit of your coaching background, and, and I wanted to talk about your background and, and, and wakeboarding because, number one, it's going to translate physically to skydiving. Uh, before we started, you talked about how skydiving in the sky becomes very natural and easy for you. Um, you also said very humbly, if anybody thinks he was saying, like, oh, I'm the shit. He said it just like that. He said, I'm the shit, I'm man. The shit. Y'all Let's like, Thomas My skills Hughes are solid, bro. nothing on me. <laughs> um, no, uh, very, very humble. And even like, no, I'm not that good at it. But no, you have a good ultimate body awareness. You're used to uh, uh, maneuvering through fluids. And really, there's not a direct translation of carving a wakeboard across water to using the air. But mm-hmm. at the same time, manipulating that fluid and manipul- manipulating that flow does truly work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does make sense you get free fall. 
do you think your coaching skills translated to skydiving? A hundred percent. Um, just as far as communicating to somebody, the thoughts that you have in, in your head to help them <clears throat> out. Um, and then the way you approach it and, and that stuff. So the, the coaching definitely gave me a good, a good background to start with. The difference with skydiving overall is the scenario that you're put in with skydiving is with wakeboarding, you have an issue, you let go of the wakeboard, you got a life jacket on, you're right there, everything's okay. There's a whole other aspect that you got to pick up with skydiving, which is one of the reasons why it's so damn awesome, um, is because you're saving your life every time you're jumping out of that plane. Um, so, And then not only after you deploy your parachute, then you have a whole, pretty much n- another sport, you know, can't, piloting your canopy down to the ground. Um, so you get kind of two sports in one and the coaching for both of those comes in a little bit different, like free fall into canopy stuff. Um, so to answer your question, um, coaching and wakeboarding definitely gave me a basis to run off of as far as communicating to, um, you know, the person that I'm working with, but there's a whole lot more you got to think about in skydiving. And so I'm still learning every single weekend I'm doing it and I probably will never stop to learn. You you said those words when you walked in tonight. I learn a lot every weekend. I don't know if you noticed, I chuckled a little bit. And I think you did because you kind of stepped back, like just your energy, your presence, you just kind of stepped back a little bit emotionally. And I chuckled just because it's, dude, I still learn something every weekend. Um, Sometimes it's what not to do, man. Some Mm -hmm. of you guys are really good at teaching that lesson. Uh, But uh, (laughs) commonly every weekend I learn something new, a different approach, a different angle, a completely new bit of information, Mm -hmm. a a different level of understanding, man. It's my favorite thing about skydiving. So easy to learn. Like, man, it really is that pretty easy to learn how to save your life. Uh, Impossible to master. Like it's just that initial learning phase is there and then years of mastery to come, man. It, It doesn't matter how long you've done it. You can really strive to become something else. So now you've realized, I want to become a, a skydiving coach, a skydiving instructor. That's a path you want to go on. You realize this is a young jumper. What do you think you need to do to prepare in that path? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking about at that point, because right now I think you have probably a different answer than you did 20, uh, so 200 So you're asking ago. what I thought whenever I had 50 jumps to get there? Yeah. And then what I have now? Yeah. So yeah, when you first decided I want to be a coach, at that point, what did you think? Or I want to be an instructor. What did you think you needed to do? What What were you going to do to get there? So I had the you know the overarching goal that was a a dream per se at that point. You know, fi- the base of having the five hundred skydives. It's like whoa. I mean, I'm never going to get there. Um, so it was more of like an ideal that I was like I was like I definitely want to work towards this. And mm-hmm. I know that if I just kind of like stay on the path of jumping consistently and um, you know, learning everything that I can, that I could probably get there one day. Um, and I couldn't taste it or it didn't really seem tangible at the time. Um, where now I can taste it and it's tangible and it's like, okay, I just need to stay on there on the path that I'm going and working with the mentor program and, and speaking with instructors, uh, Nate Shannon at Spaceland has really taken me underneath uh, his wing and, and I just watch his instruction and, and we talk all the time after, after a big weekend of skydiving, we'll hang out and, um, you know, he gives me some insight too. There's a Nate Shane in Houston and a Nate Shannon in San Marcos. You're talking about Nate falling, Nate Shannon, Nate falling. Yeah. On on Facebook. I did all his courses too, man. I did for a second. I'm like Nate Shane, Nate Shannon, who's who. 
you can see yeah. the confusion. They're yeah, both so, white. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, they so, all look alike. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nate Shannon. Nate yeah. Falling on Facebook. I, I like that. I, I like that name on yeah. there. But, um, so he took you under his wing. Yeah. And so I've just been, you know, we chat all the time, low-key about it in our in our off time. Just whenever we're hanging out, we still talk about Scott Ivan. And most of the time it's about, you know, um, communication and, and um, stuff that would correlate to coaching he's a uh he, he he's one if you are not careful you can underestimate like it's, in a course it's very easy for me to get a good read on who you are because we have mm-hmm. three days of a coach course together and that's when i first met him and very quickly it was easy to see that guy is well thought out mm-hmm. and can be very well spoken um he can also act like an ass clown and that's half the fun of life you mm-hmm. have to act yeah, that everybody's way. got their personality yeah he can be and he can so. be a lot of fun mm-hmm. but it's so interesting when he wants to talk intellectually or or uh, respectfully in any aspect or any mm-hmm. way about things it's, he's a very yeah. very deep and a, and a workhorse i mean he's like every time i'm coming in the stp room in the morning i mean he's there i mean it's 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 crazy it's like dude i've seen you here like the past 6 days cuz i i moved out to spaceland so it's my home now. <laughs> and uh, so I get, and then it's his home too. So, um, you know, I got my job Monday through Friday. And then, so I'm coming in and I see him at work and he's always there. And is it your job on Monday through Friday? I mean, you can make some jumps during the week. Um, in the morning. In the morning. So yeah. my schedule is 10 to 6, which is awesome. It, right now, just with the weather and stuff, it, I haven't really been able to sneak any in. But sometimes I can get on a morning load before work and it's awesome. And it's been many years since uh, I got to jump before I went to my normal job that wasn't skydiving. But I do remember starting a day with a skydive and going to work. The There's rest nothing of the day. like it. It's energizing. Uh, yeah. Man. It's, oh. funny, it's funny walking through the door because, like, I've got this big old smile on my face, which I think you should have a smile on your face all the time because it's just a good way to live. But I'll be walking through the door and, like, they, like everybody's just doing their thing. And little do they know, I had already launched out of a plane at 14,000 feet in the air. <laughs> Came down, deployed parachute, flew it down, put on my my collared shirt, and headed on out. And so I just I just think that's a really cool way to to start out the day and puts me in a good headspace. It's a unique opportunity. Many mm-hmm. people will never be able to afford that chance, man. Mm-hmm. And I agree, I agree. It's a it's a dope way to start your day, man. It's super nice. Um, you you realize you want to be an instructor one day. So now, what path are you following with flying skills? What are you working on? What are your focuses? So my focuses. Apart from my personal likings within dive flows and stuff, is just doing belly jumps. So like mentor jumps. Like uh-huh. I said, I'm trying to split my time fifty percent. Like I don't want to do more or less on either one because I think it's important too to um, to do the other side. But so I'm doing focusing on mentor jumps, and then I recently um, just a for fun four way team with um, so a few people that are um, just belly flyers mm-hmm. at Scott Ives St. Marcus. Or who are they? It's Coop and okay. then Mitch and um, Ben. What's Mitch's last name? Mitch Hansen, I believe. Yep, Mitch Hansen, and Mitch. then Coop is Donna Backler. Backler yep. is that how you say her last yep. name? Yeah, and then and then Ben. Um, not no, I always want to say Nelson, but um, Ben Nelson can't belly fly to I, save his life. Yeah. <laughs> he also sure, can't free yeah, fly to save yeah, his life. Uh, um, he can't even get a girlfriend to save his life. Uh, <laughs> oh, burn! But yeah, I so so we Where'd have that, that pillow go. Yeah, we have just like that that for fun team, and we yeah. do the we, we try to do the tunnel every Friday, and that's like my favorite night of the week. I like look forward to that. 
um, and didn't really know any of them except for really Coop because she was trying to snatch me up whenever I was a mentee. She was always doing that, uh, the mentor stuff with me. And she offered me to, you know, to be a, a part of what they were doing. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. And so I've really been doing belly FS stuff like formation, um, skydives. And it's a ton of fun where, you know, I'm more of you, like, even though I can't free fly yet, I'm definitely one of those coined, like going to be free flyer who's into free flying. Um, but I've had a ton of fun doing what we're doing there. And I've, I'm putting in training time so that I can be 100% proficient in belly um, once the time comes for whenever um, STP training comes in. I want to uh, eventually talk about your free flying time, um, and we may or may not get too far there. Usually, when I tell you I want to talk about that, that's mm-hmm. me reminding myself to come back to this. Got it. Uh, how much? How many free fly jumps do you have? Just ballpark, and then we're gonna. I probably have. Around 10 okay, free around fly 10. jumps. So I want to go back to that four-way thing for a second, man. For many, many years, I hated four-way. Mm-hmm. I hated it, man. Like, you want me to go out and do a four-way jump? Like, you just like, why, man? I, I can count to four. That's all I need to know. And then one day, I had a couple buddies of mine take me out and do four-way. Now, it's, to be fair, these guys were meddling, open-class meddling four-way flyers mm-hmm. who took me out and just flew circles around me, showed me what four-way was really about. Just don't move too much. We'll do it. Yeah. No, they actually <laughs> gave me a lot of movement oh, to nice. make. Yeah, they made me work for it. Um, they were always waiting on me, though, and, and they would. we got together like, yeah, so we're going to do like an E21F, and I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> if what I just said doesn't exist in the world. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. They're like, yeah, so that's like a jelly space Indian <laughs> donut on a Frankfurt bun. I'm like, I don't understand that's what exactly that means what that is. either. I think it's a glazed donut, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, I said, just tell me who to grab and when to, where to grab him. And they're like, okay, grab his leg now. I'm like, perfect. Now what? Do a 360 and grab his arm now. Now. I'm like, all right, cool. I can do this. <laughs> but for real, this is the first dirt dive. As long as you're not that guy in free fall where they're literally pointing at someone's leg, like, pick the grip up. Probably, I don't think it might have happened. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> I don't remember it being like a normal issue, but it might have happened once. And then I realized that day, and then I, I've done other good four way since with people who aren't just awesome uh, four way guys. Man, I really enjoy four way. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between four ways. And just regular belly jumps. And four-way. Yeah. All right. Okay. Four ways. Like, let's go on a four-way skydive. Let's go do four-way. Mm-hmm. Four ways or go do a four-way jump to me is just four people jumping together. Mm-hmm. Do four-way is turning points. Turning points, yes. And that it's so cool. Um, I became obsessed with having a planned out skydive and then nailing it like all the way down. And that's like what you get with the, the for- formation, the four-way um, skydiving, um, is, you know, we practiced in the tunnel on Friday and then we actually took it to the air for the first time today, this morning, made three skydives. It was sweet. Um, and yeah, so we we, like the exit, you know, doing it, the exit, turning the points, hearing the data for break off, then breaking off, deploying, seeing all the homies, um, having good parachutes. That's, that's a good time. And so I like having that miniature goal that you can obtain in a skydive. And nail it with three other people. Man, there's something to be said with uh, a reproducing skydives over and over again to get those successful goals. Even if you can't accomplish the goals, having the goals will get you there. 
but also there's not a lot of like let's figure out the fall rate together we know how we fly together we know how we jump together mm-hmm. we don't have to engineer flying together we just engineer have to how to fly together better mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a lot to be said for four-way and justin really i think you're the experienced four-way guy in the room yeah somewhat yeah somewhat <laughs> uh you've got more dude you know my you, you heard i spelled Klingon donut jellies. Klingon donut jellies. Yeah, is Klingon mm. anything in four way? I feel like it's in no. The, no? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I feel like it should belong in part of a dive pool of Klingon. <laughs> I don't know why, man. <laughs> Nerd. Um uh, four way was the sixteen way formation that looks like a bot lift. The Klingon weapon. Yeah, yeah, but it's not called Klingon, is it? <laughs> no. No, god damn it. No, I'm just thing. kidding. Um it's not one. So you're focused on, on four way belly jumps right now, doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of four way. How long are you gonna do that for? Um, that is a yeah. solid question. <laughs> um, I plan on just doing it all the time, really. Make, so we're planning we're planning on just low key, just doing it for fun, just because we all enjoy skydiving, um, and we're just gonna keep doing that and i don't want to really put a um time frame on it i want to just keep working towards it and enjoying the people that i'm doing it with and see where it goes if you had an opportunity to get on a more serious four-way team like let's say somebody said hey we want to go compete at nationals would you are you interested would you do it probably no no probably not probably not um just because like i'm i enjoy these people and doing that and just like their time is money, you know. There's you got to put your all your eggs in the baskets, and I've got my my egg with that team that I'm doing, and I enjoy them. And then I've got my egg in the mentor program, and then I got my egg on my my fun jumps. And, um, and so, so next year, the four way team is an opportunity for a team that trains in a similar fashion, but with an end goal going and, to nationals. And hey, who knows? Yeah, we could we this little ragtag team, we could hit nationals in a. And take it in 2021. Okay. We don't know. So no limits, really. No Absolutely limits. Absolutely no Awesome. Cool, man. Um, eventually, ultimately, your goal is to free... Man, this can go so many different ways right now. Mm-hmm. You, want to, you want to free fly at some point. Yes, I want to free fly. It intrigues me. I think it's sick. What's um, stopping you? Just that I'm, I don't want to shell out any more money doing it in the sky. I'd rather save up that money and do the tunnel just so that I learn it, like how it's supposed to be done so that then I can shred it in the sky. Um, but then that means no jumping out of the planes because I'm saving my money for that where jumping out of the plane is amazing. And so I just always end up choosing that. And I figured out that you can do, or not figured out that you can do, we've been doing it, but I really enjoy doing tracking. So I've been working on tracking in the sky as my, for my fun jumps. And then, um, once I'm in a, in a position to be able to do a couple hours in the tunnel, I'll do that just so that I've got my base um, positioning with free flying and then just take it to the sky there. Because what was happening is like I would get in like the sit position really well and have it there. And my, I was flying or I was like falling pretty slow, but I was like I would fix it up and I'd get it there. But anytime I got in a scenario to um, have any sort of movement or docking or anything, I just reverted straight back to my old habits mm-hmm. of like flying with my head forward and then compensate. Yeah, compensating with my arms. So what I want to do is just take it to the tunnel, get it, get it solid there, and then have fun in the sky with it rather than training it in the 50 seconds that you have in the sky worrying about your 
alt- altitude and yeah i just think i think it would be, yeah i think it would be faster like better doing that route so let's say ultimately money's not a concern right now for the tunnel part only like you're still gonna have the same number of jumps in front of you and you can knock out that couple hours of tunnel training right now would you still stay as focused on belly or would you start focusing more on free flying um i think i'd still stick to having those the same amount of eggs so like the free my fun jumps would just be free flying or tracking and then i would still do the belly team and i'd still do the mentor program okay so you'd still, you still, you would, your fun jumps would be more free fly focused. Yeah, free fly. Sh- that would tracking. change. Yeah. But you'd still f- have strong folks on belly skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you apply to this next statement, but you might. What's a good way to suck at a lot of things? Do them all at once. once. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's very easy to get overloaded, but I think you're doing something wise. If you go out tomorrow for a full day of fun jumping, what kind of jumps are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow, I would probably... I love... The tracking is just okay. so... It's so intriguing to me. So, so if you were that. out for a full day of jumping today, what would you have done? A full day. If I did a full day of jumping today? Yeah. Um, I would have done... Well, I did do a track jump early in the morning. And then we did the... the uh, Focused on the team on thing. The, the team stuff once they once everybody got there. Okay. So and what it sounds like to me is is you're picking a skill set for a day. Like today I'm doing four way. Today I'm mentoring. The, today yes. I'm that trying. is the that is the idea. Yeah. Uh, um, I just had the opportunity to sneak on that one. So yeah, for sure. That's got to happen. It got to get launched. And and, and I, that's where I think you didn't apply to that statement, and mm-hmm. you don't, man, because so many guys want to do what you do, and that's get good at all these different skill sets. So on one jump, I'm going to free fly. On the next jump, I'm going to do a four-way belly. On the next jump, and you're yeah. shaking your head no. Why? Um, just I, I think there's something with um, like having that plan, trying it, and then if you didn't do it, Try it again. Get it until you you can do it so that you understand it. And then the next time, say you take a week off, then you do um, the mentor program on Saturday, then you're fun jumping on Sunday. Boom. You did those three jumps the weekend before working on that particular skill. Well, then you're going to be able to nail it. You should be able to nail it then on Sunday whenever you're fun jumping with your friends again rather than like messing up the week before and then, okay, we're going to try it again and then messing up the next week and then messing it. You know, it's like, it's like, let's learn it. Let's stick to the plan. and Go out this Sunday, do a really shitty job on a skill set, walk away with that muscle memory to try it again next week, mm-hmm. or fix it right away. Once you get it, walk away with that good memory or immediately reinforce it. And mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about, immediate fix and immediate reinforcement. If you're going to go out and more multiple disciplines, man, focus on a discipline for, I would really recommend a week, a weekend when possible, but that's not always possible mm-hmm. uh, for you. For example, giving back is a big part of what you do in that mentor program. God bless you. And thank you. Uh, you dedicate a lot of time and effort to, um, so I love it. And if, if you guys and gals are out there trying to become a multifaceted skydiver, by all means, I encourage it. I call them bi flyers. I can fly both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I guess it's like fly. <laughs> now, now it's non binary flying because you can <laughs> fly in so many ways, man. Um, but uh, uh, really focus on a, a skill set, at least for a day, if not for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to suck at everything, man. It, it really is careful. One of the things that you've said is you're you're going to remain focused on belly flying. How soon do you want to get your coach rating? Or your, excuse me, your, your AFF rating? Right when I get to 
why, whenever I have the requirements. Um, requirements. Just what's like a, like what's the requirements for an AFF rating? It's the 500 jumps. Timeout. What's it, What's the requirements oh. for a tandem rating? Three years in the sport. And? 500 jumps under a ram air parachute. So if mm-hmm. you never jump around, you'll count all your jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things like a coach rating, pre-training requirements, a medical, but really three years in the sport, 500 mm-hmm. jumps. What's the requirement for an AFF instructor it, rating? I believe it's the 500 jumps. Six hours of free fall. Okay. Sea license also? Sea license, li- which is 200 jumps. Six hours of free fall, which is 370-ish jumps. Because okay. if you get a minute of free fall per jump, 360 is six hours. You probably did a few hop and pops in there, 370-ish. Now, realistically, you're saying you want to get your AFF rating around 400 jumps. If possible. If possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might be able to. You might be able mm-hmm. to. Justin, uh, when how many jumps did you have when you got your AFF rating? I was just over 500, like 515. So not much ahead of you, right Right in that mm-hmm. same ballpark. And how, how, how long have you had your... AFF rating? Uh, two and a half years. Okay, right on. Yeah. And it, it's one of the things that we see, and I ask these questions, a lot of these questions actually were all leading to a direction or a question, is I see somebody who shows up to a course with 400 jumps who have dominantly been free-flying, they're not passing the course. I'm going to give them every bit of training. I'm going to do my best to help them train and learn how to pass. I, if you've done 400 free-fly jumps to get to your six hours of free-fall, you're not going to pass the course. I, it, it's possible I, you're not going to pass the course. It really is struggling. Uh, you need strong belly skills, not only in, in holding, but in recognition, understanding, being able to see things at a high level. So uh, good belly skills, really high-level belly recognition is, is, is really important to your job. Um, people who show up who are really focused on belly skills will have to work hard hard through the course, but it's very doable. Um, the people who are the most prepared for a coach course have done one type, what type of flying? What do you think, Andrew? Re- restate that again. The person who shows up the most prepared for flying, if I said there's only one type of flying that you're allowed to do before you show up for your AFF course, from the time you have a license to the time you show up to an AFF course, you can only do this type of flying. What's the one most recommended type of flying I would give you? Belly flying. More specifically. Mm, mentor jumps more specifically four-way 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 so four-way has two really big components number one constantly fly your slot when you break grips don't leave your slot so you can pick up a grip right away right Mm -hmm. never leave your slot in four-way that is your job Mm -hmm. job number two read your partner because when you're working with your partner and you see one thing happening, you know you're going to have to compensate mm-hmm. or you're going to have to back off. You're going to have to work together, hopefully in good unison, but sometimes for the bad. Sometimes Justin's covering my ass and sometimes I'm covering Justin's, but you have to read a partner. Mm-hmm. Justin, what's your job as an AFF instructor? What's your two primary jobs? Uh, fly in slot. Yeah, and how do you uh, know you're going to be in good slot? Like cross-referencing, watching. Watching who? The student. student. And that's a difference. I'm four-way. Justin might be my partner, and he's going to work with me. In AFF, I might have a cross-partner in traditional AFF, but I don't count that. I'm just my student. My student's legs go negative. I immediately start side-sliding as I present a signal. Or they backslide, and I go, holy shit, let me catch that guy, and I don't know if I'm going to catch him in time or not. Creepy eye contact. Creepy eye contact, man. Speaking of creepy eye contact... I'm so <laughs> sorry about that. I hope that. the mic picked that up. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. A little <laughs> gassy tonight. Uh, man, I stayed up so late. Like last night, I ate total. 
my version of total shit. But man, I paid the price. Like, mm. you know, you're old when you stay up till midnight and eat a bunch of chips and dip, and you feel like total hungover ass the next day. And that's <laughs> the story of my day. <clears throat> so I, I guess that's my old signs. Um, <clears throat> you have to read your partner, your student. You have to fly, fly with them. So your path really is a good choice. I think flying with Minties would be a good second option because you're learning to train and educate people. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely the not flying to them. I've noticed in the four way whenever we went to the tunnel on Friday, I had done a a bunch of mentor jumps in between the last session that we had. And the mentor, you know, you're not supposed to really fly all the way to them and dock. They're supposed to be doing the work. You're supposed to train them to do that. Well, I got lax with my legs because I was just burning a hole in the sky. You know, we'd exit and then. You know, I, I was letting them fly to me. And so I needed to readjust and remember, hey, I need to be flying with my legs constantly, you yeah. know, two seconds ahead of time. And so that was that was a cool thing to pick up. For Are me. you constantly uh, processing your legs through your brain? Um, still am a little bit. I want it to be where I'm just yeah. flying so with my legs. It, when you get your AFF, uh, when, when you actually go through a student program, it's not uncommon. Traditional AFF teaches this mantra not everybody uses it, and I think most instructors don't use it to a detriment. You should use this. Is a four-word mantra. Justin, do you remember the one I'm going with here? It's thinking about legs a lot. Oh, uh, altitude, arch legs, relax. Man, I love him. He knows this, right? Um, <laughs> altitude, we teach as a new jumper, how high am I? Mm-hmm. In other words, do I need to pull or not pull? Arch, do I have a good stable base? Uh, as we're experienced belly flyers, we don't think about the arch as much. Legs, where are my legs? Where are the pressure at my legs? Relax, relax, mm-hmm. make sure I'm good, and then start or recover from any problem. Well, I really don't believe we need that detail of the mantra anymore in skydiving, but I'm constantly legs, legs, legs. Legs is constantly going through my mind almost any time I'm flying, and it's a constant check. In my job, I have to do a lot of positional flying. Mm-hmm. Like, there's moments the bottom in sequence, Justin. When you take your AFF course, the top 75% of the skydive, we're going to test your ability to save my life. Can you give me free fall instruction? Can you catch me? Can you save me? The last 20% of the skydive, can you train me to pull? Can you give me altitude reminders, pull reminders? Can you go through a sequence of skills to make sure you give me an opportunity to save my own life? And then can you eventually save my life yourself? During that phase, I have to be perfectly still or not always, but Mm -hmm. perfectly still. Other times, I need to be constantly backsliding, spilling, cupping. So very uh, spatially aware and situation Mm -hmm. situation aware. Legs are just... The whole skydive, I'm thinking about my legs. Like, hey, legs, legs, <laughs> legs. Um, so it's something you'll never, I think. It'll always kind yeah. of be in the, in the back of your head. Yeah. How much does it still hit your head? Oh, 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it kind of goes back to four-way too, right? You have to, to, in order to be efficient and do those points as fast as possible, you have to constantly be pressing inside. And if everybody's pressing inside, the movements are super small. So it's mm-hmm. all about like having that awareness and always driving in into, into your slot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I wanted to say the elaborate on that a little bit more uh, with four way. What helped me a lot is training exits uh, from the outside of the plane. So like um, taking newer mentees, for example, um, would also help you prepare for that. But if you don't have the four way skill set to be able to launch a chunk and compensate for somebody coming out wonky, uh, like as a tail or an outside center. Um, that really gives you the strength and the ability because you're the you're the anchor. You're driving up the hill and fixing the people coming out mm-hmm. of the plane. They can't do very much because they'll just slide down the hill and pancake the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, 
um, doing that and then taking like younger mentees and really having to compensate on the hill <laughs> really yeah. trains you and like get you yeah. ready for that as well. Because if you can fix them out of the door, um, you're going to have a lot more opportunity for them to learn and most likely be in your slot much tighter and closer than you would be otherwise. Man, you, you do so much, dude. It's, it's good <laughs> to hear you talking about this shit because it's so easy for me to always remember you as a guy who's in the mentor program or the guy who just got his license or the guy who brought like, Hey, your boss brought you out. Your homeboy's boss. What the fuck? You're a new jumper or you're whoever. Um, and to hear the knowledge you've gained over the years. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it helps it's, that I just thought the class last Sunday. So it's yeah, kind of fresh. You're super fresh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's uh, it's fun to hide in the back of those classes when you guys teach. Yeah, it's always awkward because at some point the students meet me, but I never get to meet them because it's I'm introducing passing. Then I saw somebody from your class later on, and I introduced myself. Hey, I'm DJ. Oh no, no, we already met. I'm like, we have. Like, yeah, when did we? Oh, I was in the class with Justin. I'm like, oh, we didn't meet. You were just told what my name is. <laughs> I still don't know yours. Could you introduce me? Like, please. I it's, I don't mind. But like, please tell me your name. I've actually had to dig people's names. I actually had to do it with somebody from your class. I had to dig their name out. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, they were super nice. They were super excited. But I was like, uh, that was a good class. Yeah. I, I just <clears throat> want to be able to call you Andrew. What's your name, Andrew? Um, so anyways, you, you focused on, on these belly skills. You want to do it somewhere around that four or 500 jump mark. Are you, uh, you said tunnel time. You want to save that for when you want to learn to free fly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go into the tunnel to practice AFF instruction, what do you think the best thing to practice in there would be? I actually didn't ever think about that. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty cool thought. Um, what would, so your question is what would be, what skill set should I work on when flying in the tunnel, in the tunnel. for my AFF rating? So uh, the, the most common skill sets worked on in there, I don't necessarily agree are the best skill sets. Uh, in there, people will work on um, uh, uh, rollovers and spin stops. Okay. So they're just like what they sound, like a student mm-hmm. spinning and you got to stop them from spinning. A student's rolling over and you got to catch them on their back and roll them back over. And honestly, rolling somebody over is not that hard in free fall. Catch, or excuse me, stopping somebody from spinning is not that hard in free fall. It really isn't. What's the hard part of rolling somebody over, stopping them from spinning, Justin? Chase that motherfucker down. <laughs> yeah. And there's not much catching you can do in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and I got in the tunnel away from each other, the furthest I could get away from you is only a few feet. Yeah. Right? I mean, they've got that giant... Have you seen the video of the tunnel in Dubai flying right Holy now? Holy shit, that's insane. 32-footer, man. <laughs> Imagine, you could almost do a full-blown, like, spin-stop recovery on that one. <laughs> oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a buddy of mine posted a video of him and his group doing four-way VFS in it. And they rented out the other half of the tunnel to a buddy who wanted to do dynamic. So there's these Dubai cat. Yeah, man. They're fucking doing four way VFS with their dude. like flying dynamic over on the side. That's great. Yeah, from one view, it looks like he's flying around him, but you know he's not because he's going through Mm -hmm. him at moments. So it's it's fucking, dude, that tunnel is nuts. You could kill yourself in that tunnel. Man, imagine. You could definitely build up enough speed and dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, you could hit that wall. Man, you could, oh my God, that tunnel's got to be able to hurt. So, um, yeah, a lot of people would do that, but I really would highly suggest any skills that are tuned to four-way flying. Uh, Number one, a lot of strong side sliding drills. If you can learn to side slide your ass off, you're 
gold. Thomas Hughes is one of the few people I uh, know who can side slide like a boss. <laughs> there was we on my two hundred jump. We went. We were, we all went on a track launch, <clears throat> and um, there in the video you can actually see it on my Instagram. So he's tracking like straight normally, and then he turns, starts side sliding and keeping up in a side slide tracking yeah. like that, and then he goes on to his feet. So he's tracking on his feet with all of us, and he got there by going into a side slide. You know, he transitioned. Yeah, he just three, yeah. 180 through that. Yeah, yeah, and it was so cool to see how hard you can actually cook in a side slide if you if you you it can down. get moving, man. Yeah. It's I'm, I also it's something I years ago I started practicing. I wanted to do three sixties on tracking jumps, like get above the leader, do a three sixty while he's tracking and stay with the group. And so it started with tracking and then just like canting forty five degrees and see how long I could stay there. Eventually, I got to side sliding. And I, I never can freeze the 180. I can never stay feet first and stay good speed. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you drive, side slide, back slide, side slide, drive, do a 360 over the top. And in that process, that I've been on tracking jumps and DQs yelled at me when we land, motherfuckers, are you <laughs> side sliding? I'm like, well, you guys got to go faster. I mean, you can definitely track faster than I can side slide for sure, but I can side slide pretty quick. So get those sides. Like imagine a student backsliding. I can backslide faster than you can side slide. Bet money on it right mm-hmm. now. But if you practice that skill, I don't bet money on it. Mm-hmm. Thomas Hughes can side slide as fast as I can backslide. I've actually tested Thomas Hughes' AFF instructional skills out. So, I mean, I know where his limits are. He can side slide as fast as I can backslide. Man, imagine a student backslides as fast as you. you imagine some of the backsliding you've done from a formation. Mm-hmm. There's no way anybody's staying with that, right? Imagine that student backslides out of your grip. Or you side slide with it, give them a signal, and just dock whenever you're ready. So go in the tunnel, drill side slide skills big time. Go in the tunnel and do king of the hill drills. King of the hill, do you know what that drill Mm -hmm. is? Um, You're going to have it two ways. When I say you're going to have it two ways, way number one, you're going to be the flyer in the middle. I'm going to, as a coach, grab you in a side body, and I'm going to try to move you around the tunnel. I'm going to try to move you sideways, forward, backwards, anywhere I want, and you can't let me move you anywhere in tunnel. Your job is to hold that position. I've always heard it called stability drills. Stability drills, yeah. Uh, King of the Hill, there's a bunch of different ways people have called it, and and some are called different. Uh, The other stability drill or King of the Hill drill is you become, excuse me, you become the instructor. You fly on my side. I am going to try to fly out of position and you hold me in position. So now I'm in the middle of the tunnel. You're on a side body on me, and I'm going to try to track into the wall. Please don't let go of it. <laughs> I've actually been in the tunnel in a straight-up tracking body position I letting somebody hold on to me. Yeah. And it's like, if you let go of me, I'm going to punch <laughs> you when we get out, man, because I'm going to plow the wall pretty I hard. I did some uh, uh, tracking training with Scott in the tunnel. That was yeah. pretty fun. They were just holding on to me, and I'm in a full-blown track. <laughs> did, I've got a picture of me in the tunnel. I put my face right up to the camera and then tracked as hard as I could. And I forget who it was. They took a bunch of pictures of me face first in the fucking high <laughs> fly camera. Probably broke the poor system, man. Uh, so definitely working those skills, uh, uh, king of the hill stability drills and, and side slide drills, presenting uh, signal drills. Mm-hmm. Every time you present a signal, think about you got to give me a legs out. What do you do with your hand? You reach out. Mm-hmm. When you reach out, what are you going to do in the sky? You got to compensate with your legs. Now, otherwise you backslide, mm-hmm. right? So your arm goes out, your legs go out. Now what happened to your fall rate? It slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now you have to arch more. I regularly in an AFF course get somebody to give me a legs out drill or signal. They back out of the picture and it fucks them for the next sequence. People can give me the signal and stay there. When the next problem happens, like, yeah, fuck you. I'll give you another signal, buddy. So definitely. It's funny. It's like, follow your own advice. Put your legs out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, that's funny. You actually, in my latest mentor jumping weekend, I noticed on one of them, like I was just reviewing my footage and like I put my arm out quite far and um, I didn't know if I backslid or if I was able to, if subconsciously I, I had my legs out, but I had that thought. I was like, I need to make sure that I'm compensating, you know, whenever I'm getting that out in front of their, their face with my, with the rest of my flying. Just I, like reaching for a grip. Yeah, just like that. I, I think with what we've talked about with your flying on and off the air, I think your natural flying, you're probably naturally compensating without thinking much about it. I'd rather have good instincts without knowledge than great in- knowledge without instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, although both will eventually come in handy, right? So um, I think it's happening. What else do you think you could and should do to prepare for your code for your AFF rating? Aside from flying for, skills, yeah. Aside, um, definitely. I would say talking with just communicating with the instructors and in what way, like picking their brains. How? Like, give me a scenario. Cause I got some direction for you. I just, okay. I want to see where you're at. So where I'm at with it. Um, I think the way, like how they communicate to the person, because right now, like sometimes whenever I'm and I've caught myself and made sure I don't do it, but like, so I know, farther things in skydiving than whenever I was at 50 jumps and maybe stuff that I shouldn't know, you know? Um, and so like making sure you shouldn't share with somebody with 25 jumps. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. Like, okay. Like I definitely landing patterns and stuff, you know, um, I've really started to adjust that up. And so wrapping back into your question, really more shadowing the instructor. I think that would be more beneficial than communicating with them, shadowing the instructor to figure out how they're communicating and what they're communicating to um, the students. Man, a perfect answer and and really remove your bias from the situation. For example, we'll just use Nate Shannon as as the person because you do look up to him. You do think, well, and so do I. I think very well of Nate. But you go in and you put your biases aside and say, man, I don't care if I do or don't like Nate because there's some things he does really well. There's some things he can improve on, whether it's situationally to the person or whether it's just in general. Same for me, same for Nick or anybody. Um, conversely, put my bias aside because some people I can't stand as human beings. Um, dude, they're still good instructors. Mm-hmm. I can think of a couple people over my life and time that I just don't prefer to hang out with or be, be around, but as an instructor, I think they do a good job, and I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. Conversely, there's some people who are shit-ass professional skydivers, and I don't want to ever work with them again, but they're my homies. Mm-hmm. Um, put your bias aside and watch them. So one of the things you have to do in the AFF course is fly. What's the other thing you have to do? Teach. Coach, exactly, mm-hmm. man. And the coaching can be very overwhelming, and it can be very stressful. Which one of the two is easiest to prepare for? Actually, the teaching. Yeah, the, co- the, coach, yeah. the teaching, coaching. Yeah, coach, say, yeah, say, I'm with you. Um, so making sure you're prepared for that, then you can focus on your flying skills more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the rule, so so do you know what you need to do to prepare for a AFF rating? So let's recap. 400-ish jumps, we're just going to call it mm-hmm. an even number now. 400-ish jumps, a C license. Okay. What else do you need to do? And I am so sorry. Four, oh gosh, <laughs> four hundred jumps, a C license, and then there are um, like checkoffs that you've got to do. Like I have to, like say Nate, we'll keep using his example. If he's got a student, I have to coach a dive flow to that student with Nate okay. watching over. Yep, correct. Um, canopy stuff, I'm sure, with that 
as well. Okay, let's get an, I'll get you an easier recap. You're right okay. on point. You're right where we're going. You have to assist in two first jump courses. You have to help train two Category C and two Category D students. And you have to observe and assist in portions of Category all of them. Easiest way I can say this to, to you is you have to basically assist teaching every single level of dive flow in STP. Um, if you work in a USPA formatted drop zone, you have to assist in teaching every single category skydive. People will argue and say, no, it says you have to observe category F, and it does say you have to observe category F. It does. But at some point it says you have to help teach the spotting and aircraft lessons of category F. So at some point you have to assist in category F. So you have to assist in all levels. So, except for two of them twice. You have to assist all levels, two of them twice. How many times are you going to assist in teaching these before your course? Not asking what the rules are, yeah. asking what you would do. Oh, what I would do? Yeah. Um, hopefully more than that. I mean, yes. he's knocking it because I'm there. I'm there all the time. So, yeah. um, you know, in down, like in my personal downtime, you know, I could run over there and, and uh, check that out because the preparedness is definitely, it's more like if you're prepared for something and you put in the time and effort, it's just a better experience overall. So bare minimum to get in the course, yeah, that would be great, but there should be over that. If you go into a course with the minimums, you're going to take minimum away. Mm -hmm. If you go in with more than that, you're going to take more than, more that, than that away. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, so all the all the levels once. We're just going to truncate the statement of that. you got to help mm -hmm. all the levels once. Man, I highly recommend observe it one time, then assist them all a second time. That means you've participated twice now. Mm -hmm. The first one, just to see, that doesn't yeah, count at all. Yeah, just sit back and take it all in. Second one, now you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Count that as a practice. Don't use that one either. The third time through, now you're actually getting to do the skill sets you've learned. Now that's the one you count for your sign-offs. And if you're smart, you'll do a fourth time through and polish everything. Mm -hmm. If you could assist in every level four times before you showed up to a course, the stress that would take off of you is tremendous. I like that. Yeah. Now, Justin, I'm, I, I help me if I'm wrong here, but I, and I don't remember. It's been two and a half years. You did above and beyond the average in a lot of the places, not all the places. You had time restraints. Yeah. Yeah. How much of a difference did it make on the ones you did a lot of? Oh, it made a huge difference. I basically just camped out in the STP area and right. tried to help out as much as I could. The, <laughs> the lower level ones are a little bit tougher to get uh, just because it depends on which students come in and when. Um, but even if I was out uh, mentoring, I always had it in the back of my mind, you know, if I'm in between jumps or my mentor's done for the day, I'm just going to go sit and watch debriefs and watch ground training and corrective retraining and all that. And um, that way you're not learning the dive flows. You're learning how to teach it and how to, to say things in different ways for different people. Like you were saying earlier, um, you know, it kind of depends uh, with coaching, you know, you've done in the past, it depends on the student as to how you present the information, right? Because mm -hmm. people, people take in information all different ways. Totally. It's uh, it, just doing it over and over again. Different instructors, different students. I mean, you all make the point. Mm -hmm. So I think your goal and your direction there is super strong. It's, it's a super good place. There is one highly neglected skill set in preparing for an AFF course, and it's the last one I want to touch on. Okay. What is it? 
It's the most highly neglected skill set, I think, in skydiving so in we've general. Gone, so we've gone over the free fall. Sure. Being able yeah. to fly. Yeah. We've gone over the coaching communication aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. And so we're trying to find this third one. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. hmm. It's the most neglected skill set in skydiving in general. Now, that's a hard... St- Go ahead. Oh, no, no, carry on. So it might be a hard statement for you to grasp it's the most neglected skill set in skydiving in general because I don't think in our communities a skill set is as mm-hmm. neglected. Um, is it gear maintenance? Not necessarily. Okay. We, we definitely have rigors and professionals mm-hmm. to not, help us not with that. Like, not gear maintenance, but like... Um, like the safe habits, all that go in with the gear and all that stuff. No, it's something okay. that typically okay. we do learn that one. I'll shoot it out there. Yeah, I'll no, it's worth it. it. Okay. And one thing, A, in a, in a good coach course, you should learn how to do a good uh, gear check. Mm-hmm. Uh, the example, or excuse me, the gear check we teach at the rating center isn't going to tell you everything that is wrong, but it's going to teach you how to find anything that is not right. Mm-hmm. When I'm looking for gear, I'm not looking for mistakes. I'm looking for proper. And if you're out there looking for what's wrong in a gear check, you'll never find it Mm -hmm. all. If you're looking for what is right, what is right, what is right, you will find it. Uh, Bias expectations and gear biases. Uh, In skydiving, in tandem skydiving, we regularly see what's called the three-ring flip-through where the small or the medium ring or the bottom ring of the riser flips through the base ring on your harness in such a way that it's inverted. When that happens, it overloads the riser, and the riser, the three-ring system, can blow apart on opening and have a riser failure. It happens, actually, more regularly in tandem skydiving than you would guess. That is always preventable as far as inspection. Mm-hmm. If you, you can catch it on inspection, it is a very obvious and very easy inspectable item, but yet people look past it all the time because they're just looking for what's wrong. If they looked for what was right, it stands out like day. I think you can train that in an AFF course mm-hmm. very easily. What, Justin, what is the most neglected skill set for AFF instructors and in skydiving in general? I mean, I'm kind of shocked that... I'd say uh, canopy flight. Yeah, man. Oh, dirt, oh. dirt diving <laughs> and yeah, retraining. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Debriefing. Yeah, I, I was... Yeah. Okay, I, I got that. No, but so a lot of people... What does AFF stand for? Accelerated free fall. Yeah, so the, the premier skydiving rating is AFF. I use angry bunny quotes if you can't see it. AFF, Accelerated Freefall Instructor, and that's what we are as far as that rating goes. A tandem instructor, coaches, static line instructor, whatever. AFF, man, is that really what we are, AFF instructors? I hate the whole term. Yeah. A, instructor, are you an instructor or are you a teacher? Instructors, I'll tell you what to do. A teacher, I'll make sure you learn, man. I think a teacher's a better word, right? I'm over the semantics of the word. I don't really care as much, but I still think it's kind of a poor choice of words. Accelerated free fall. I for sure agree. It, like for years, you get on the static line, you try to learn to arch five seconds at a time at most. Uh, hey, let's go hold this guy in an arch for 60 seconds and see if he can learn. Accelerated free fall. It makes so much more sense. But is that what all we're teaching? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you learned you learned at Space Land in part, right? How was your canopy instruction during that portion? Just as good as my free fall. How often have you heard it of somebody getting hurt or dying in free fall? Well, like zero. It's limited, Since I've right? been in, yeah. in the sport. How often have you heard of somebody getting hurt or dying under canopy? It happens, and it has happened. Like, not dying, but it has. You've seen your friends gotten, get hurt? Yeah, get hurt under canopy. 
Yeah, definitely. Man, the the for sure you can die in free fall. For sure that skill set needs to be trained. And for sure it's tons of fun, so we need to develop a strong skill mm-hmm. set there. But one of them saves our life, and that's landing safely. Mm-hmm. But yet we don't train it well, or we don't have it well as a, as a society. Why? Because we don't teach it well as instructors. Mm-hmm. So I would highly challenge you to expand your canopy knowledge. Um, I know you've taken a basic canopy course with, I believe, DQ. DQ, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and I, I think he does a great job. I highly recommend him. I'll recommend taking another course, whether with him or another uh, canopy course school instructor, whoever, because, number one, you're going to understand the statement differently. Even if it's DQ saying it the exact same way, you're going to go like, oh, I got a better understanding. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a different instructor and they'll say something different that makes more sense. Like I highly recommend going through a basic canopy course again. Um, do the jumps. Do the whole course. Why are you going to learn as much from the jumps at this time around? Or are you going to appreciate the exercises that you do in the jumps to give you better empathy to teach it better? Mm-hmm. And that's why I would like a lot of people say, well, I'll just do the ground session. Absolutely. You'll learn tons from that. Now do the full course and go up and understand the exercises so you can understand the physics better and connect better to the students. Mm-hmm. So work on that canopy. Totally. And yeah. Cool. I also don't think that's uh, work on canopy learning something that I need to advertise to you. I've seen you post stuff about learning. Canopy, work. Yeah, yeah, literally my, my latest video was all about canopy and um, I actually had a mentee. Um, she was like, oh, I want to learn about accuracy stuff and, and I passed her off to an instructor. Um, you know, just because my base, no, I'm still learning canopy stuff. Yeah. So I definitely, um, I'll, I should do another course. That's a good point um, on it. And and yeah, so yeah, I can't remember her name. She actually won her class in the accuracy competition um, for in November. What's her yeah, name? Um, oh my god, I can picture her. Um, dang it, man! Natalia. It was Natalia. Natalia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. She. Yeah. That was. I was the one. Yeah, super nice girl. She actually, my wife and I were out in November for the accuracy, sport accuracy competition and running the mentor program that weekend with Liz being gone and her and her friend, little army gal. Leah? What or is, Leah? No, okay. no, I, Leah, Leah, is Leah the, the newer gal? Mm-hmm. Who, uh, no, no, little army gal with shaved hair. Um, oh. oh man, really nice girl. I can't think of her name. You don't talk about both of them were just jumping together. They land like, Hey girls, my name's DJ. What you doing? What you working on? Oh yeah. You, are you struggling? Oh great. Well, I'll tell you what, I got a mentor here and they were very shy. I think at the moment, the mentor program was still sprouting its wings. Part of Val and I being there was to help. Uh, Liz has done a dynamite job with making that mm-hmm. place explode. Um, and they joined the mentor jumps. They got a lot of canopy coaching because that's what that weekend was about. And Natalia, it was interesting on her first jump, did well. And she goes, I did exactly what you told me to do. I did exactly what you told me to do. And she did. She did exactly what she was told. And she got a great score. And through the rest of the competition, she did fairly well. Mm-hmm. I think she won first place for her class for all of Spaceland, not just the location. Um, so super yeah, you did a, a fantastic job at, at coaching that weekend. Were you, um, oh, you I were took, in it. I was in it. Yeah, yeah you had a yeah. zero. Yeah. Ah, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Is zero good or bad? A zero is a center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the last yeah. round, okay, dude. Yeah, I was the like, last whoa. round was stellar. yeah, yeah, stellar. Yeah, that was yes. awesome. I had a great weekend. I thought your coaching was awesome. I barely even knew you. Um, yeah. We had maybe I don't even think we had had a personal no, conversation. That yet. was our first interview. Um, yeah. Yeah. We had emailed back and forth a few times. Yeah. Um, before that but yeah so yeah great great takeaways from from there um and that that um competition was awesome i thought it was really well ran at, at spaceland and 
Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Your last jump, you took that bass leg just a little yeah, bit longer, used that little bit of a good yeah. cheat, great cheat, and just had to bring it back that little bit to get mm -hmm. that zero, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that round completely. Yeah, dude. That was yeah. awesome. I actually used you as a great example, dude. Yeah. That was money. Yeah. It's cool to see you wanting to get more into that accuracy and that stuff, man. I would also recommend getting into just one-on-one -on -one canopy coaching. Um, it's a skill set we can always use, and, and no matter what you're working on, I think you can take giveaway or takeaways to take to other people, especially with your mindset. So I would recommend that. One of the things that you've been working on, so I, I do want to get back to the mentor program in a minute before I do. Anything about AFF instructor goals and questions you have, directions you want to talk about? I, I think we covered it quite well. Yeah, um, yeah all the way through. Uh, very well. So, Man, it's uh, keep an eye on our website. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, I, I regularly get this question, do you have a website? If you have an email from me, my website's at the bottom of the email address, theratingscenter.com, mm -hmm. and there's a calendar, and it, you can find stuff on there. If you can't, email me, and we'll make stuff happen. Yep, it, very what familiar with it, and yeah. you should see my name coming across whenever yeah. I'm to that point. Yeah. Um, uh, so mentor program. The one thing you wanted to do immediately to give back was to become a mentor. Um, we've talked a lot about the mentor program on the show. Uh, we have about an hour left, and Justin, you're probably going to start hitting a little bit in, in this conversation as well because the last time we got a – we talk about the mentor program a bit on the show, but I think we don't really put a lot of emphasis on it except for when you were on the show. We, we really focused on it. Yeah. And you were on the show before I, I did a, 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 a um, the DZO conference. I did a seminar about the mentor program. The Boyds and Steve Sr. allowed me to share and, and put out some information about how and what we do. And I've continued to share that information with other DZs, although not all of them are running with it. Um, because of that, I think there's I have a little bit more open space. I know what I can and can't talk about. There's certain things within the company we, we hold to ourselves, right? Um, so I want to kind of draw that conversation again. I definitely want you to join in because you've been involved in the mentor program for how long? Uh, oh, man. More than two and a half years. Yeah, maybe almost four years now. I think I just have my five-year Skyversary the other day. Happy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I saw you post that. Uh, you did your first tandem with, who did I see that Chris was? Brewer. Brewer. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> you know Brewer's joined the Rating Center team? Oh yeah, yeah. He is uh, doing canopy courses up in Dallas. Uh, he is. We're doing a couple small ones real quickly, and then we'll be back to full blown canopy courses up there. And he is working on his coach examiner rating, and hopefully within a year we'll have that done. Mm. So he. And is, I also just realized Heath was playing the plane when. Uh, no shot. On my first tandem, yeah. Dude, man! Uh, congratulations, happy anniversary, five years. Yeah. That is, I think, the first to me the the one year anniversary is the first big landmark. The five year is is the first real landmark. The ten is the first substantial because the one year is like, hey, you made it a year, and it is super cool. Five years, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, the mentor program you've been involved for how many weeks now? Just about a month. A month. So I'd say yeah. four to six, or maybe and, not even a month, but yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you decide you knew you wanted to be a mentor? Um, before, like at, whenever I first had the idea. So like I had that AFF goal. It was part of that epiphany. What it was, yeah. And knew what I had to do to get to it. So. Okay. And you, how quickly from the side, like, so part of becoming an instructor was teaching others, giving back the mentor program. Part of it was using it as a path to the AFF rating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, using, yeah. Any other motivations to why doing it? Um, it was really to, so 
not really, but there was a couple different deals within it. Um, but the safe habits, like coaching. So if if we're able to um, spread safe habits to the newer jumpers, it keeps all of us safe within it. And so I just thought that that was a really cool aspect because I love action sports and I love getting launched out of the plane. But I also get freaked out sometimes. I've had you know somebody exit two seconds after me on a 60 mile an hour uh, ground <laughs> speed, you know, and those are oh, fun. Oh, oh yeah. And you, it's like deploy parachute. And I see this guy hauling ass right next to me. When did we become you a five way? <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, um, and so I want to keep it, you know, and spread, you know, a positive aura, um, throughout it. And the instructors do a great firsthand job at that, at space land San Marcos, um, with the jumps one through 25. Um, and then I just really want to bring in, you know, um, another perspective as well. And, go on top of the the habits that they've already learned and, and really hone those in um, on it. So without that, the instructors don't do a good job at all. So no matter how much we preach and how much we teach and how much of a good culture we lay out there, that culture will not sustain itself unless we have that next level of, of enforcement. And I say enforcement, I don't mean like rule, like, but enforcement is as far as cultural enforcement. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so I think you're invaluable in that position. And Patrick Radford, for me, is a perfect example of this next statement. I hate that he wants to get an AFF rating. I also love that he wants to get an AFF rating. You laugh, because why do I hate it? Because he's amazing at it. And he's going to do really, really good um, with what he's going to, with his AFF rating. But like you, what, what you were about to tie it in with the mentor program, mm-hmm. he is badass at doing that. And he's another person. Um, you know, that I've really watched and, and hang out with um, at the drop zone. He uh, has done a good job of setting the standard by behavior, by habit, by influence. And, and when I say that, I'm not talking just about good safety culture. I'm talking about fun personality. I mean, Patrick mm-hmm. is just really epitomizes the culture of fun, good, safe uh, skydiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the good stuff uh, uh, all at once. Um, and you're kind of in that same boat, uh, you know, where I'm going to be bummed to see somebody like you. But I want you to remember that because your goal, your job, train your replacements. Tomorrow, you know, the guy that you trained as a student may become the next instructor. Mm-hmm. And when Justin, who now actually gets to help train coaches, trains coaches, they better be better coaches than he was because he's a better he's coach. He's got than, the, yeah, the experience and yeah. the knowledge to pass down. And you guys in San Marcos are in a phenomenal place because it is the just over a year we've had the mentor program open in San Marcos. Um, it went leaderless for the better part of uh, the first year. Um, and it has only been in the last about five months that uh, we've got an official lead there in, in the way of uh, not Lori. Liz. Liz. Thank you, man. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. Liz. Uh, and Liz has done a phenomenal job. Yeah, she's on it. But look at how much the culture's grown through just the mentor program mm-hmm. in those few months. And look at how much it's grown from when you become a mentor, mentee now that you become a mentor. Now imagine the people behind you, mm-hmm. the people behind Natalia, the people behind. I wish I could remember that little girl's name, man. Her little friend. Jenny. Yeah. Jenny, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Go Jenny. Jenny, I can't think of her last yeah. name. Uh, What's her last name? I don't know. Her Instagram handle is Jenny from the block. Yes, Jenny from the <laughs> that, block. That's how I know people so, is like yeah. Facebook names and Instagram handles. It's yeah. just like, it's just the, that's how the future is. Yeah, right? those girls are really nice yeah. girls. They're really sweet couple of girls. Um, 
when the next cultures of them come around, man. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be super cool to see that happen. You got into mentoring then not just for the foundation of instruction, but you got in it for the purpose of the mentor program and it's to give back. So what is the role of a mentor in your eyes? A, a leader that is, when, when I say leader, not the person saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, but a leader by example. Um, you know, whenever we've got, you say we're doing the, the, a four-way mentor jump, um, they're all watching what I, the decisions I'm making um, during that whole process of the planning out the dive, planning your canopy stuff, going over your canopy flight in the loading area, um, diving the dive flow there, how you're acting in the airplane, the way you're crawling out of the or climbing out of the airplane, crawling, <laughs> crawling out of there yeah. <laughs> is a fair term. <gasps> um, and yeah, so yeah, I I um I'm trying to pull up. You you ended too quickly there. I have a quote that I love and I want to pull up. So keep saying what you were saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then and then you do, and then you go into the dive flow and then you're in the air. So you exit the plane. You're in the air. You're flying. It's awesome. And they're they're watching what you're doing there too. And hopefully. Everything's going to plan, and then uh, now you got it. I, I really want to expand on so much of what you just said because I think you did a great job encapsulating what a mentor is. And I want to start with the word a leader. And a leader, I, I love it. You said not an instructor, a leader. It's not the word you use, but it's what you describe. Mm-hmm. An instructor, Justin, do this, go there, here, be that, blah, blah, blah. But you said lead by example, lead by, lead by. And this next quote is often attributed to John Quincy Adams, but if you do the homework, nobody knows who first really said it. He's just one of the people attributed to it, and also the most commonly. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. I do know the quote generally, but I know I never want to bastardize That's it. That's a good one. If your actions, if what I do inspires others, man... I make you want to dream more. I make you think of being more. I think of you, we want to learn more. You want to do more because of what I've said and what I've done. I'm a leader. And a couple of things. Number one, I love how you see that action. Like you put it in different words, but that's exactly what you said, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You put it in the idea of, I understand this is my burden to bear. And I love the idea of picking up that torch and taking it on a challenge. So if you want to become a mentor, if you want to become somebody who's an instructor, realize that that is a mantle you want to take on. But also realize whether you like it or not, you're a fucking leader, dude. Like, I, I hate the NFL player who goes, I am not a role model. Bullshit. You chose to live at a higher talent. You chose to live at a higher life. You chose to expose yourself. Whether you like it or not, you're a role model. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, you're a leader. When you choose to pick up the mantle of coach, of AFF instructor, you're some form of inspirational person. What kind of inspiration are you going to be? I know that answer with you. Mm-hmm. The guy who's wearing a life is good tie-dye shirt looking like a hippie-ass surfer. <laughs> the kind of man, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> um, that, you said, A, we got to be a leader. Man, Lead by example. Mm-hmm. Do the right things. I One of the things it says in the AFF course, which I think is a controversial topic just because I hear examiners talk about it, is as a AFF instructor, you're an example, including in your landing pattern. 
And the example people argue about is plain and simple. Hey man, as an AFF instructor, I can land in this high performance landing area and do a 270, 680, 5,432 degree turn and be okay. But somebody else is going to argue you're not being a good example by landing the right way. Man, I get it. And my easy answer is explain to your students what I'm doing is in the right place in the right time. And if you want to learn to do it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of training. And I can show you that path. Never turn down a student to a path. Tell them you can show it to them. Just explain to them. It's going to be a long path. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to do this tomorrow. Um, conversely, I do believe in setting the example for the student. For example, if I'm going to land off on my canopy, A, in general, I would never swoop landing off. There's too many unknown variables landing off, so I want less speed. Um, B, I'm going to do the student's pattern over the area I'm going to land in because they're landing off. They want to see, like, where am I going, where am I at? So there is that leader role model aspect that Mm -hmm. you talk about. But you talk about at the mentor jump, the first thing you said is preparing the skydive. What do you mean by that? That means going over over your plan of action with them um, and that... That's the plan from start to finish. And in skydiving, it's not, like you said, it's not just the free fall. You've got um, your dive flow. You've got your gear check, midday gear check. um, And then you've got your canopy flight. So all that needs to be done. Like the canopy stuff needs to be done on the ground, not in the loading area. You know, you need to practice the exit. You need to, you need to practice what all the, the whole dive flow that you're going to be doing um, so that you've had, that repetition on that dive. And so that's kind of preparing for the dive flow. Did that hit it? Absolutely, man. And, and really, as you, you've listened to the show before, there's no right or wrong answer. A lot of times mm-hmm. I'm just trying to push you in a yeah, direction. Maneuver you, it. I, I've, I've found out the way that you, you're yeah. working with it. If you will pick up a topic and wander for 30 minutes and never get back to the topic I talked about, I'll probably follow your lead. It's, it's, um, we have a couple guests coming up and I, I call it pushing your play button my goal is to always find a guest that I can push their play button. Norman Kent is the perfect example. Yeah, Norman Kent, like, hey, Norman, tell me about Mexico. And you just <laughs> push the mic away, and he talks for 30 minutes, and it's so intriguing. Oh, dude. so good. Yeah, and by the way, you've been very, like, I like listening to what you have to say. Cool, so, uh, yeah, for and sure. back at you. Both of you. Yeah. It's been a good time. Continue, like, if you go on a rant, go with it. Um, I forget where we got, dude. I do a lot of that. What, what is I, a mentor? A mentor, yeah, um... And so in your preparing the in preparing skydive, so in your time, limited time and limited exposure, you've seen instructors and mentors and coaches. You've seen some that are good, and I don't care how good your drop zone is, you have some bad ones. I don't care how bad your drop zone is, you have some good ones. Like as far as instructors and mm-hmm. coaches, and I'm sure you've seen some that you wish gave more. That'd be a fair way to say it. I hope. Um, do you have you seen coaches or instructors? I don't want to know who, when, where, why. I don't want to. Have you seen people give less preparation than what you're trying to give to your mentees? Hundred percent, yeah. Have you been the recipient of that kind of? Yeah, um, I have. But then I always think too that um, from the outside looking in, we could have missed something there. So whenever I was like, "Yeah, I've seen it," um, you know, they might have been because you are skydiving for yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you gotta, you have to deploy your parachute. You know, maybe yeah. not on the first couple dive flows, like whenever you're first starting out. Um, you know, so we can't always, you know, 100% hold somebody's hand all the way from skydive one to 100. You know, and so 
you know, in that scenario, whenever you ask me, looking from the outside, have I seen anybody um, go a little bit low? And my answer would be yes, but I don't know the situation that they were in. And if they were maybe trying to allow the person to make a decision for themselves um, on it. But you're just trying to be polite. You do think it's possible they were just remissing their yeah, job. Yeah, totally. Okay. And so, so I wanted to put both pictures um, yeah, yeah. in there. Not everybody's Because you don't know every situation. You know, you, yeah. you can never know that. And so um, I think being objective too. I think Matt Rabbit is our chief pilot, and he recently sat in a canopy course with me. And when we went on a break, he goes, I have a problem with what you just said. I'm not staying here for the next section, so I need to ask now because you might fix it in the next session. Your statement limited this. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, no, because you're not here for the briefing. If you would sit here in the whole class, you would hear the rest of this. So, and he oh, openly said, so he said, like, I don't know the situation. Where, or when, and if are you going to cover this? Um, fortunately, Rabbit was very aware of that and didn't just accuse me. How much you've been the recipient of less preparation and the recipient of more preparation. Mm-hmm. You are also now in a position, it, it, it's rare that somebody gets so quickly from one to the next. Like, so you have a very fresh view. How much does it matter? How much did it matter to you? And how much does it matter now that you know better? So we, we went on a few different yeah, yeah, yeah. How much did it? How much did it matter to you when you were a new jumper in your own perspective? Instructor A gave you less preparation. Instructor B gave you more. How much did that matter to you it, then? It mattered a lot to me then. Um, you know, because whenever you're first skydiving, it's scary and it still is scary um, in scenarios. So like I um, and I switched over to space land because I wanted the best instruction, you know. And so like if I felt like corners were being cut, I was like, damn, it's like the same thing, you know. But um, and literally one situation out of 25 skydives where I felt that way. Um but yeah, so to how much did it matter to me? Yeah, it kind of hurt, you know, my feelings. I was just kind of like, dude, I wish you were putting in a little bit more effort with this. Like I'm putting in a lot of money and and like I'm I'm here wanting to learn and I want to be taught on every single skydive, you know, one through 18 with the instructors and then, you know, 25 once I get my license. Um, so it did matter quite a bit to me. And I remember that um, for the mentor program as far as coaching the mentees and and you get caught up wanting to make every load, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's going to inevitably happen without you wanting to. So, so even somebody with a good heart might, you know, um, get caught up in getting onto the next load quicker without going through the proper preparation for the skydive. And um, I just, I think in the end, if you can slow down, dude, my dad used to tell me to slow down all the time and it pissed me off. And now I totally, I totally understand it. If you just slow down and go through the whole process, at the end, you're probably going to have a successful skydive. And I said from the beginning, why I like four-way stuff is because you have a plan, you you dive the plan, all the homies open up the parachutes, you look around, you're like, fuck yeah. So um, normally, if you take time with that preparation and you go through everything, then you're going to have a pretty awesome skydive and you're going to get to the ground and be pumped with all those people. And that feels better than just going on the skydive to get on that load and, and do that. So that's something that I try to remind myself. Man, I love it because you really twisted that answer in such a wonderful way and still answered the question. Ultimately, how much did it matter to you as a new jumper? I want to hit that up. And ultimately, how much has it affected your thought process? And if you're skydiving out there and you're not preparing well, you're not ultimately taking the most away from every skydive. And... 
when I go out and with the three of you, two of you fellas, and we do a three-way, if we dirt dive, if we plan, if we put everything together, I think I'm going to take physically a lot away from that skydive, but I think you also hit on it emotionally. I'm going to feel so much more confident and successful, mm-hmm. so I'm going to enjoy the skydive more. Mm-hmm. And then typically, and you both have a lot of detailed dirt diving time because four-way is an experience you both have. I tend to take a better bond of friendship away from those experiences. Mm-hmm. So if you're not preparing, you're, you're really losing out on, to me, the best part of skydiving is the people. And you're not getting that that people connection time. Um, but I want to go back to something you said. I spent a lot of money on this skydive. Please act like I did. Not the word you said, but the statement you made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope you guys remember that, man. If you're instructors out there, you're wannabe instructors, and I love that you spread this message. I care how much we get paid as instructors. I wish it could be more. I really do. But the student paid $150 to $250 for the skydive they're on right now, quite possibly. AFF tandem, traditional AFF single instructor. There's so many different versions. But your student's probably paying $150 to $250 to make this skydive right now. I wish you got paid more, but ultimately I don't care how much my student, how much I get paid. I care that they receive that much customer service. If they spend spent two hundred dollars they should feel like they get two hundred dollars worth of customer service mm-hmm. don't they you deserve it man it's, a, it's a, such a large investment to get involved in the sport and i love that you, you put it to that level did you have any instructors who overtaught who gave you too much no 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 I, I i really i really thought the space land program like overall and I, I worked with three different instructors throughout uh, my since, 18 jumps since you have nothing bad to say about the space land instructors who were they What's up? Who were the space? It was um, Connie. Connie, oh, she was awesome. I know she's so she she taught my she. So I went from Lone Star, and then I went to uh, Space Center Marcus. And uh, hold on, I want to stop for one second with Lone Star because uh, there are a bunch of really good friends at Lone Star. I have a a bunch of buddies who jump there. There's some really good people at Lone Star. I think they overall have a good school, a good system, Mm -hmm. a good program. They didn't fit your style of learning. Totally. And that's why at the beginning I didn't want to name yeah. name them because it just like it's just like with anything. It's but they're battling when we're all we're all doing the same thing. We're all part of the same overarching community. Yeah. And so we all need to be supporting of each other. I mean, they're um, great people. It's just a yeah. different personality. It's just a, it's type. A, yeah, that's it's a all. different thing. And and that's I'm all. I have that wake park background. And so there's a bunch of wake parks that are just the the circle with the shack. And then Texas Ski Ranch is built up, you know, it's, it's, and it's similar to Spaceland. So that's what I was used to and what I was looking for. And so that's why Spaceland worked better for me. Um, but anyway, so I worked, Connie taught my ground school, which was just amazing. It was awesome. And then Nate Shannon, I was um, shadowing that one. And so he, like, we instantly hit off there. Um, yes. Yeah, so, and then she did my first couple skydives there. Then I moved to Griffin. And then I moved to, um, Oh, drawing a total blank. Greg. No. Um, he's going to be, if he's watching, he's going to be like, dude, what the? Uh, James. James. James Aikens. Yeah. No. Yeah. He yeah. was an AFF instructor? He did some of mine. Yeah. And one of my favorite ones was. Yes, he is an AFF instructor. Yeah. 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 The dive and dock. The, I did my dive and dock with him and we had a blast together. Man, I that guy is something else. And I mean that in the best possible mm-hmm. way. Uh, he was a young jumper here in Houston. Um, he was a good guy. He could be a little bit of a shithead to deal with sometimes. And I think he would even use those own, his own words that way, but he was much younger. Um, and a lot of us were also less patient because we were younger. 
Um, and when I saw him at San Marcos, the first time I saw him in a long time is when Spaceland bought San Marcos. And our first interaction, I was like, man, this guy's grown up some. And every interaction I've had with him since is he, he really is a remarkable individual. Mm-hmm. He's, he's impressed me a lot. Yeah. So he, is he actively still doing AFF out there? Um, I not as much. I, yeah, he's he's the lead videographer. Yeah. Um, so he does quite a bit of that stuff. Um, and so I just I see him always launching with his uh, camera helmet. Yeah, he's a good dude. So you okay. those are people who taught you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really weren't overloaded by much. But have you ever seen an instructor? And, and again, every good system has a bad instructor. It happens. I can name. Bad doesn't necessarily mean horrible. Bad doesn't mean uh, inept or incapable. But I can think of even in Houston instructors who just aren't as good as some of the other guys and gals. We all we all have our, our weakest links. Um, have you seen an instructor anywhere overload students, give them too much information? Mm. So let's take it. You have to think hard about that. Then let's just branch it a different yeah, direction. Yeah, let's take it to work. Okay. So you've done a lot of, of, of uh, coaching and wake, wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. Have you watched another buddy who coaches who overloads his students, gives them too much, and they don't know what to do because of it? Yeah, so it, it depends on the, going back to like the student, uh-huh. the person that it is. Like some people need that, like okay, this is exactly what you do. This is where you put the hand. This is where you hold the handle. Blah, 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 all that stuff. And then some students they only pick up like the first three sentences that you say, um, and so you need to pick that up with them. Um, so you keep asking, you, you're a, yeah, you're asking, you're asking me a question <laughs> of, have I ever seen, um, somebody be overloaded with information and yes. And I, and I think that will continue, you know, it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. I, I really like to remind my friends sometimes because I, I can think of a couple instructors who I would cl- classify as top notch a list instructors, but their one mistake is they tend to over teach sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to forget what we know is an expert level and what is most fundamental, most basic breathing air to us is absolutely a foreign topic mm-hmm. to you. So we have to remember to keep what we're saying limited to that base thought process. So anyways, uh, uh, preparing, preparing your student, making sure you're preparing for the jump, dirt diving, planning the canopy, the canopy landing. One of the most common things I hear before a canopy course, like people come up to me and want to sign up for a canopy course is the number one. Like, I just want to sign up for a canopy course for my B license. Great, let's take care of that. The next thing, I want to sign up for my canopy course because my landings suck because they're hard or my accuracy sucks. It is the two most common complaints I get. And accuracy, the most common statement I hear is, I had pretty good accuracy until I got my license and now I suck at it. Do you know why they suddenly suck at it? They don't have a radio anymore. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. I mean, you're close. It's because they're thinking about it? No, it's because they stopped thinking about it. Oh. What's the la- what, What's one of the things you make every student do? That they oh, st- I see what you're what's saying. Up? What's okay. up? Where am I? Where am I going? Yeah. It's because they quit planning the canopy stuff. I see it all the time. Right? Yeah. yeah. Man, what's STP stand for? Do you know? Mm. Go for it. Give me a guess. It is student it's training tra- program. Okay. You're so close. You're off by one word, Justin. Skydiver. Skydiver training program. Why is it skydiver training program? Because what we're teaching you aren't skill sets for a student. They're skill sets for a skydiver. Mm-hmm. Are you still a student? Yes. So the if we call it the student sky- training program, 
the mindset of I'm a, a student now, the rules change might happen, and the I, mindset of I'm no longer a student, I have to then learn. Don't. Cool, right? Yeah, a lot of thought. Yeah, so definitely think about that as a jumper, even as an instructor. What I'm teaching a student is a skill set you need for the rest of your life. Plan and dirt dive your canopy flight and descent. We make you do that as mm-hmm. an instructor. And then as soon as you graduate, you stop doing it. Then suddenly you start sucking at accuracy. And then I tell you, you need to do that. You don't have to write it on paper like he made you. Just do it. And all of a sudden, like, oh, man, I'm good at accuracy again. Yeah. Oh, because you took a map? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put a little bit of that uh, before effort yeah. know, into it and some planning. And, and Does MapQuest make sense to you? Because you use yeah. MapQuest. Do you understand that term? Uh, MapQuest? Yeah. Um, I don't. I know what it is. I don't personally use it. Man, that's, that's, uh, you remember MapQuest oh, being yeah, the way. Pre-Google Maps. Yeah. Dude, like when the <laughs> and internet, you had to print it out. When internet, <laughs> internet was new and we didn't have all these options, MapQuest was the way to find directions. You go to your computer, MapQuest it, print it out take that with you or you had the and then you ass. and then you want, want yeah around with it. yeah you couldn't pinch your paper bigger I or small. I, 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 I kind of remember that now yeah how old are you i'm 25 25 1994 oh. was the year of birth for angel clemens <laughs> so just yeah. the third person <laughs> i'm no longer friends with him <laughs> I, I i i don't get what it is but i always get my feelings hurt when you guys tell me your age when it's that young the good news is, is I wasn't skydiving yet, so I feel better. I started skydiving in '97, and every now and then, uh, not not every now and then, regularly, I hear from a jumper like, "Yeah, I was born." I'm like, I've been on skydiving longer than that. God yeah. damn, man! I'm Dude, willing to be your skydiving daddy. You've got a ton of awesome experiences ahead of you. That's one of my favorite things about skydiving that I that really attracted, like, made me fall in love with it. There's so many things that made me fall in love with it, but. Um, is seeing the older gentlemen and older women at the the drop zone. Why did you point at me? Still, <laughs> no, still jumping to this day, like George Neeson out. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. It's just like, dude, I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. Where you do see older people at the cable park, but not like that. You know, not like that. So I love the fact that and it's not a, many on a VK. Either. Yeah, it, yeah. It, <laughs> that. So it's a really cool deal to know that um, you know if you do it safely, that this is a sport that you can do for the rest of your life. And I think that's a really cool aspect of skydiving. Um, it, it It is, man. George Neeson is one of them. Uh, here we have a guy named Pecker in Houston, and it's yeah. not his real name, but what he goes by. <laughs> um, Pecker's awesome because he has this green frap hat with two GoPros <laughs> on it. Like super old technology, super new technology. I'm super confused at this point. I, I don't know what binary digit I am anymore, man. And I have no idea how those are stable. <laughs> no, man. Well, I mean, he's got that really smooth mounting surface of a bald head yeah. of his. So I think it gives gives Pecker a hell of a chance, man. Oh, that guy is interesting. I, I actually want to have Pecker on the show at some point, but I don't know if he turns into a pumpkin at like 6 p.m. because that's when old people die and <laughs> yeah. turn into dust. Nick, Nick like turns into dust at like 7 p.m., so shows well past his bedtime. The mentor program, you're, you're helping him get ready for skydives. You're helping him to get ready for canopy flight landing. It's setting that example. It's being in the loading area at the right time. So I want to get a little bit more on what it took you to become a mentor because you wanted to do it right away, mm-hmm. but you couldn't. What are the requirements to become a mentor? 100 jumps. 100 jumps. Co-trading. And, or, or, well, okay, let me take that back. It's 200 jumps, a camera, and your co-trading. Okay. So let's, let's go back because you're right there. Now you've got where we want. What's your requirements to get a USPA? Co-trading. 100 jumps. 
and a B license. B license and your coach rating. Yeah. No, well, that's to get a coach rating. Okay. So for USPA, you need 100 jumps and a B license to get your coach rating. To become a mentor, you need 200 jumps and your coach rating because you need to be able to fly video. Mm-hmm. The ability to fly video. Why do we wait for 200 jumps to fly video? Do you know what the... Yes, and I fully understand it now because I have a big video background that's a part of what I, I run the social media accounts at TechScience. So I've had that um, filming like while wakeboarding, like filming somebody else while getting the, framing the shot while focusing on wakeboarding. So I've had that like different, you know, that videographer background. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I was like, come on, I want, I want to film um, the skydiving. And then once it finally got there and I had it on my head, I was like, holy crap. Like I understand now like why it takes a lot of mental capacity and like effort to make sure your camera's set up right, to make sure that it actually turned on um, and all that stuff with it. And it just adds in this whole other preparation that for the, the, for the first 200 skydives, you know, I was, it's more like gear, like all that stuff. Um, and it added in a whole nother element. And so I'm so glad that I had that base. You know, I had just had my, my regular, what I needed to do to skydive safely just in stone and then i was able to add the camera in and i i'm i'm on board with it i understand why and so who says you have to wait to have 200 jumps to jump a camera it's just it's usba's recommendation recommend and i I like you use that word recommendation because a lot of people will say it's a bsr do you know what bsr stands for basic safety rule requirement okay rule requirement either way it's it's boom requirement mm-hmm. difference between requirement and recommendation if you're out there flying a video camera with 100 jumps i don't think you're doing the best thing for yourself mm-hmm. uh if you're very capable very heads up and very aware to be flying a camera 100 jumps you're still not doing the best thing for yourself, for yourself totally because more experience yeah. would be better right mm-hmm. um but there's nothing illegal about it it's a drop zone choice to implement a rule it's uspa's desire to say this is a recommendation because really, is 200 jumps a magic number? There's guys with 150 jumps I feel super comfortable with. Mm-hmm. There's guys with 500 jumps who I'm not even comfortable they skydive, let alone put a camera <laughs> on their head. Justin, yeah. I'm looking at you. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, um, so I understand it. Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. So now you need 200 jumps and a camera. Uh, a lot of people have asked why we require 200 jumps for the mentor program, and one of them was is we need a camera. Can't jump without a camera. Number two, you got your coach rating with how many jumps? 100 on the dot. 100 on the dot. Well, well, like I started the program with 100 and then the... Yeah, yeah. The, you fit, you had, so you had 105 yeah. jumps when you had 102 yeah. jumps on your coach rating, right? Um, were you capable enough to conduct a coach jump? Yes, because you passed the course. I mean, within limits, within reason. Mm-hmm. Forget the ability to fly camera. How much better of a coach do you think? Because there's no doubt you immediately started using some of those coaching mm-hmm. skills with some of your lesser skilled friends, and by all means, you should have. Mm-hmm. How much better of a coach are you at 200 jumps than you were at 100 jumps? Not because you got experience coaching, because of your experience, period. Yeah, 150% over. It It was crazy. Yeah, 150% better. <laughs> like, the 100 jump mark, like, I was, I was um, like, confident in, like, the way that I was going on skydives. But now, like, I've got my routine down, you know. My, my like, safety routine is down, and I can, I, and I can tell it to somebody else where I wasn't I was skydiving safely at 100 jumps but I didn't have my confidence with my routine down super well said man I love confidence routine those are both fundamental words a question I always want to know is can I explain why not what not how why Mm -hmm. 
Because if I can explain why, I can explain the what and how. If I can explain why, how many people in our lives, no matter what we've trained in the professional environment, in the wake or skydiving environment, there are customers who need why. Mm -hmm. And you'll never train those, man. So if you can't answer the whys of the fundamentals, and I think the fundamentals, you can start answering that. Um, one of the things that you were told uh, when you went for 100 jumps, like, hey, you can do it at 100 jumps, you're welcome to. But if you went in with more experience, you would take more away. Um, there's no doubt you've taken tons away. I've watched, I've kind of stalked you online. Uh, when I met you in San Marcos, I was just really impressed with your personality. I was really impressed with your attitude. I'd already been familiar with your name because of business. And you, you just really grabbed my attention in a, in a great way. And if you grab my attention in skydiving, there's two reasons. One, you're doing well. And the other one, you don't want my attention, right? <laughs> um, it, you immediately grabbed it for the positive. Um, it, it, you've done well with it. But if you would have waited till you had 200 jumps for the course, do you think you would have taken away more? Mm. So go back but, and think about... So if I would have went yeah. through the coach course at 200 rather than 100, yeah, would I have been better off? Would you have learned more from the coach course? Can I play devil's advocate? Go, yes, I want okay. you to go every way with this. Because I, I think, um, yes, like by the end of the course at 200 skydives, if I would have started at 200 skydives, I would have um, been able to be more successful at the course and maybe taken more away. But I think it was really awesome doing it at the experience level that I had. Um, cause it really, um, I was able to, I was like a sponge, you know, I yeah. could take it all in. I didn't have like, you know, and I, I try to stay open-minded and I hope that I'm open-minded, you know, at a thousand or how, wherever my jump count goes to. Um, but yeah, I just felt like I was like a big sponge and was able to really take it all in. And so I'm really happy the way that I did it. At 200, I maybe would have been more um, of the right client for the program, yeah. you know, and and um, could have taken more away from it, even though I was more of a sponge at 100, but you take more away whenever you understand more at a deeper level. So I, A, never take my side on this show. Take whatever side you mm -hmm. want because I want to explore all avenues. Nick and I constantly have disagreements on the show where we think different ways, but they're always very intelligent conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody sees our disagreements because sometimes we speak in just a way that we're presenting sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you actually hit all aspects. I, I want to say, man, I, lo I love you. Your 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 mindset is to me so good. Um, number one, you agree. If you would have had two hundred jumps, you probably take them more away because you have such a better understanding and the fine details of the whys. I think you would have gotten more away from. Um, but at the same time, I will turn nobody away with a hundred jumps because legally, I not legally, but uh, I, uh, to me morally, it's my obligation to give you that opportunity to learn. If I hold you to the standards that are in front of us by the book, you won't get a coach rating if you don't deserve it. People regularly say USPA's coach rating is too easy to attain and it should require more than a hundred jumps. I would like it to require more than a hundred jumps, but honestly. If people would administer the coach rating within the, the parameters that are designed, these are the standards we train to, these are the standards we test at, these are the standards we evaluate to. If we all did that, I firmly believe more people would fail the course who shouldn't be there, 
which means plenty of 100 jump wonders could take it. Mm-hmm. Because Justin, man, he, he showed up to the coach course with boogers on his paper and crown written for his test. I mean, <laughs> he is he, he, he's lucky he put his pants on this morning. I think his wife actually did it for him. Um, his wife, by the way, is his pet squirrel. You still got that squirrel? Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's real shiny. Man. It's fun to watch. Run Ooh, around. Squirrel. <laughs> you actually have a squirrel. No. <laughs> oh, 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 I was getting pumped. I mean, I was like, dude, that's kind of cool. No, Justin's a fairly smart guy. I think and my pet's the opposite. It's a snake. Oh, really? <laughs> so it just cool. fucking yeah. sits there and hides under a rock all day. And it would eat the squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a guy like you, who I, I do believe you could show up very uh, capable. You've met a lot of higher jump wonders today. Would you agree all of them were as capable as you were? I've met a whole bunch of 100 jumpers in my time. Yeah, in this time, not 100, but you've met a handful of 100 jump wonders now in your time. Capable, I think capable at 100 for what Spaceland uses the coach rating for. No, so imagine the coach course you took with Hank. Yeah. That was not a Spaceland coach course. No, yeah. That was a proper. But but Spaceland uses coaches differently. Okay. So first of all, realize that less than 30% of our listeners are from Texas. Okay. So, and not all of our Texas listeners are from yeah. Spaceland. So I've heard stories of what a coach rating allows you to do within AFF, you know, take them on skydives at skydive eight. And I would think about myself at 110 jumps with a coach rating, mm. taking a dive flow eight out, you know, and that sounded very intense. Scary, right? Yeah. Very scary <laughs> and intense. By the way, dive flow nine um, in your brain. Okay. Yeah. So nine. Um, so I don't it's, think I, I probably would have not liked to do die flow nine or eight, whatever it is in AFF at 110 jumps with the coach rating. So I'm not even thinking about that, like just passing the course in general. So I do want to mm-hmm. get to that statement. Okay. Do you think the average person could with a hundred jumps pass a coach course? The average. Now think about you're putting me in a weird spot, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you're <laughs> thinking, so here's a minimum. You're saying it's a difficult question to answer. At minimum. Mm-hmm. So at minimum, you're saying the average person may or may not be able to pass a coach course at 100 jumps. Yeah. It is a question. It's a legit question in your mind. Mm-hmm. What you're also... would So would you agree then that a fair number of 100 jump wonders couldn't pass a coach course? Okay. And he shook his head, yes, if you can't see that. Um, and I just want to get to that point. I'm by no means detracting and, mm-hmm. and disturbing anybody. I think the need for people to pass a coach course with 100 jumps is absolutely inherently necessary. I'll talk about another Texas drop zone for one second. Lexington, uh, Texas Skydiving Center, Texas, I forget their 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 full name now, Texas Skydive, whatever. Um, but Lexington is owned by a buddy of mine, David Moore. They do a great job overall of training new jumpers. They have a limited skill pool because they're a small 182DZ. You actually see a lot of them come to San Marcos. Um, Because of that limited pool, they have a limited uh, skill set. And they really, on a small 182 drop zone, need coaches with 100 jumps Mm -hmm. to jump with people at those lower levels. So I think it's inherently necessary for the growth of the sport. Mm -hmm. When we can use more experienced people, like in the Spaceland system, it, it does make more sense. So... It is there. I'm not. I, and if you listen to the show, you'll know I constantly say you should have more experience than that. I think 100 jumps is a fair number. I think people should be able to try 100 jumps. I just want you to realize not everybody's capable at 100 mm-hmm. jumps. Would that be an easy way? Yeah. To- yeah. That's to, that is a perfect way to put it. It's a case by case basis um, on it. And I have heard about the I haven't experienced the, the 182 drop zones, but I've heard about them and the need for the, the coach. Um, 
course being able to happen at a hundred jumps. Um, so man, keep an eye out for some of those 182 joints when they're flying and go enjoy, enjoy one for a weekend. Um, uh, once a year or twice a year, uh, I think it's once a year, Lexington does a little boogie. Uh, it was interesting. A bunch of my friends went to their 182 boogie this year at the end. Uh, David, the owner, this is all secondhand account, so I can't tell you he really did this, but I could picture this all being true. Uh, talk to a bunch of the fun jumpers and apologize that they didn't get enough jumps and apologize for the number of loads available and said, next year we're going to limit the number of participants so you guys can all get more jumps. And a few of them were space landers and they all said the same thing. Uh, uh, keep it like if we wanted to do the most jumps in a day, we could, we'd stay at Houston because by far we are the busiest drop zone in the Texas area. Space land Houston is Mm -hmm. as far as the number of loads available. No, man, we, we came here for the atmosphere, for the vibe. So let's go back to Wake Park, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you equate uh, Texas Ski Ranch. Yep. Okay. Uh, you, you equate TSR Texas Ski Ranch to Spaceland, and, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of explain them as resort-style action sports yep. facilities. So that is that nails it. I haven't said it like that, and I like that. I, I've, heard of, I've heard them before, the resort-style okay. uh, uh, bill to the skydiving industry. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to call the little shack small loop uh, 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 cable park as your mom and pop 182 drop zones or mom and pop organizations. Man, as much as I like that resort style, dude, I love that. There's something special about it. I mean, yeah, next level, which is uh, the wake park that's in Austin. I mean, it has such a cool vibe and so many people love just hanging out out there. Um, from (laughs) it's funny because it's so relatable. Um, the, the two businesses, um, the our core like wakeboard riders that rode every weekend, they loved hanging out at next level because of the vibe, you know, because of the atmosphere of it. Um, but you know, we were pumping in students that have never wakeboarded before, you know, at Texas Ski Ranch, and that's what why we were able to have what we had um, going on. And so, yeah, there's there's positives and negatives to it, and take away what you want. Yeah, man, definitely make it to a small one eighty two joint. Is it's um. It's so funny to say, yeah. but it's a phenomenal novelty nowadays. Because, I mean, the, d- boogies are almost a dead thing. Boogies aren't what they nearly once were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Free Fall Convention we've talked about at its largest its heyday, 10 days, 6,000 registered jumpers. Wow. In 10 days. Wow. That doesn't count people who just showed up to hang out. That doesn't count people who didn't jump. That didn't count. Uh, like, dude, they actually have like a hay trail ride where like they get like a big tug with a big trailer on the back with a bunch of people and they locals will pay to get a tour of the boogie ground which is a big airport and so basically you feel like a zoo animal because they're all sitting there with a pa like oh if you look over here you see a bunch of skydivers eating their own poop it's like i want to fling feces at them for fun uh boogies were a big deal because turbines weren't accessible you couldn't get a turban in your state. You couldn't get a turban within eight hours of you. Turban, like, boogies were necessary. So boogies and turbans were the novelty. Where today, it's, I forget the number of states that don't have a turban, but it's really small. It's really, really small. Yeah, really, um, it's got to have Temple. I think you, you have I know Temple, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really want to go check them out. They're 182 drop zone. Mm-hmm. A couple people will come down to uh, Spaceland San Marcos um, from Temple. and I think I'd, Mark... It's one of the guys down yeah. there, Mark. And I don't, I don't know. Him. Um, but yeah, so I really want to go up there, jump with a few of those guys, and uh, check that out. I have jumped out of a 182 before, and it's awesome. Where at? At Lone Star. Okay, um, for that's one, right where you learned. Yeah, for one, for I think I did three of the six jumps out of 
uh, their 182. And it, I mean, dude, crawling out on the, on, on the, the strut. little strut. I mean, it doesn't get much more sick than that, especially for like whenever you're starting out skydiving and you get that like crazy feeling of like being outside of an airplane. What jump and, number was it that you went on a? 182. It was my third. third. It, it was uh, first and second were King Air, and then third, and then three back to back 182s, and then one King Air. At so the end. there's some amount of door fear. There's some amount of climb out fear that goes on for a new jumper. When you went to the 182, were you over that climb out and door fear, and it was a new experience, or was it a similar? but different experience as far as the fear and like the intimidation factor. Um, I think, uh, I think it was always, it's the same okay. for me. Like, like yes, crawling out was different, you know, cause you're crawling yeah. out of it. But, um, I think it was the same feeling of exiting the airplane. And that's my favorite for me. I had like 700 jumps before I exited a small Cessna. And I have a lot of friends who were the same way mm-hmm. and you're over door fear, you're over climb out fear, climb outside of an airplane makes sense. And the first time they say, you're going to climb out on the strut of the Cessna and hang from the strut, you look at a guy and go, I'm going to do what? <laughs> like I re- I'm shooting a tandem video. Like you're going to hand yourself all the way out to the strut. You're going to leave one toe right here on the strut. One toe. I mean, well, like your toes in general, but really just think one toe because I need the rest of the step to put my tandem student on it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking hang from what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier yeah. than it sounds. So it's interesting to hear. You've jumped small Cessnas, Justin? Just a 206. 206? That's a small Cessna, yeah. dude. It really is. It's a, So a 182 is your sedan, a 206 is your station wagon. And really, it's called a stationaire. So it, <laughs> it really is a station wagon. Uh, holds up to so many jumpers. Uh, how many jumps did you have when you hit that 206? Uh, that was in West Virginia. I had, uh, I don't know, 500. I was already AFFI. So did you have that dwarf? Like, how did that climb out go for you? Um, I didn't really climb out that much. It was, um, from the door. No, nah, yeah, I didn't really climb out. I just, I just exited from the door, just kind of rolled out cause I was there for fun. Man. Uh, I, but that was, that was the first time I went to a, uh, it was, uh, uh, West Virginia skydivers <clears throat> right next to the Ohio river. It was kind of neat. You take off like even with the Ohio river and the entire climb, you're like no more than a thousand feet from ground level. Cause you're just flying over mountains the entire time. Climbing up the slope. It's like, shit, if I have to bail out. Fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> Exit on my reserve the entire yeah, way. Yeah, please go towards the river so I can get out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely check your spot. But yeah, that that um yeah definitely check the spot because um, there was no place to land off. It was like basically the off landing was the river. Uh, <laughs> if you're Gosh. not making it back to the airport, find a spot on the river. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was my first time going to a, a a small drop zone. It was like a little a little shack. I mean, you know, enough room to pack. Uh, like one tandem and two sport rigs and just hanging out with the the local guys there. I wish I could have spent more time there, but I was on a family vacation, just like <laughs> drove away for a day to make a jump and check it out. But it's a, uh, I, I like, it's a unique experience, man. I, I, I think everybody should try it. A bunch of cool people there for yeah. sure. It's always a family. So you got your coach rating with a hundred and some odd jumps. You now become a mentor at 200 jumps. Mm-hmm. You did some coaching in your own experience in that hundred jumps. You, you had to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. again, you'd be stupid not to. Um, now you get to put a camera on and see what happened and what you're coaching. How mm-hmm. much did your memory improve by using camera? How much did your perspective change by using camera? A tenfold. I mean, having that camera to um, go down and debrief with is it just number one? It's a, a awesome tool to because somebody doesn't always think that they didn't do 
you know, something. Yeah. It's free falling. I mean, your brain is woo. And so um, having that camera to, instead of being like, dude, I think you were a little bit like that. And then them saying like, well, I thought I was doing that. You know, it's just like, you get to skip all that. And it's just like, hey, let's go. Let's look at it, um, you know, once we've dropped our gear down. And so then we'll look at the camera and it's like, yeah, so your foot, like, see, you weren't driving with your legs. Your legs weren't positive and that's why you weren't getting to me, you know. And so it's it's a really good communication tool and just to use to um, really hone in your point with them. To this day, I see myself on video and I'm like, I didn't know I was making that face. Sorry, wrong camera. I didn't know I was in that position. Like, you just never know. And including canopy, canopy coaching. I was doing coaching with you guys in, in San Marcos. And if you'll notice when I tried it, when I coach with video and somebody's making a mistake, I don't give them much chance to defend why they made the mistake because typically I don't want them to be wrong in public. Mm -hmm. a, a great example, people will commonly, most common mistake we see in canopy coaching is people flare unevenly. They get down to their shoulders completely fine and then the bottom half of their flare, they turn a little bit because they flare unevenly. By the way, winds don't really make you turn; they make you drift sideways. If you're, I was about to say, you're saying it's not the magic sideways gust that it's happens. It's not the mystery right wind. <laughs> yeah, it's not the mystery gust. If you're turning at the bottom half of your flare, I highly, highly, highly doubt it's the wind. I've been coaching for many years doing this. Um, I firmly believe it's your hands. And so, to the point of this conversation, hey, look, um, Andrew, you here you turned in your flare what caused it i would ask people well the wind made me flare made me turn like no not really yeah it did i'm like cool let's watch your hands look your hands are even yeah look your wings even yeah look your wings even yeah look your left hand's going down more but the wings still even <laughs> immediately yeah. yeah look half a second like oh yeah the hand went down then the canopy turned not the canopy turned then the hand went down and then they kind of get shut down. They kind of mm -hmm. get cold. So I'm, I'm very careful about cool. how I present that. And mm -hmm. the video limits that opportunity for them to be wrong, which mm -hmm. limits their shutdown. Yeah. And that way you can create a whole positive situation that could have been negative. And so it's yeah. good stuff. It's super huge. And back to we always see video of ourselves and not realize we're doing what we thought we were doing. Mm -hmm. Um Oh, God, man, I, I really wanted to go somewhere else with that statement. I've lost my brain. But the use, use of video is super huge. Oh, uh, one of the misplaced values that I ever see in skydiving is I can't wait to shoot video. What is wrong with that statement? I can't wait to shoot video. There's a couple missing words. I can't wait for my friends to shoot video. Yeah. I don't fucking care, Andrew, if I get you on video in free fall. Justin, I don't give a rat's <laughs> ass if I see your smiling ginger face in free fall. You put a camera so I can see me. Everybody's so excited to wear a video camera. I don't care. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do you really care as much about you wearing a camera or do you care more about seeing yourself on so video? I'm a little bit of a weird situation because I absolutely love making the videos. So like I love making videos of other people. I actually started a friend feature on my personal Instagram that. account to where I post, I make a whole video just on somebody else and yeah. I do a little write up on them. Who was first? Um, it was Miles Gibson. Yes. Oh, total badass person. Dude, um, yeah. And then I'm actually going to be dropping a video tonight after this of a pro wakeboarder at the ski ranch and it's all cool. of him um and i've got a little write-up for him and so i'll be putting that out 
And so I was a weird case where I really did want the video to film for sure. skydiving because I just wanted to show skydiving um, in my visions that I have. And because and, I get, I literally, it's almost like I skydive because um, I'll, I'll listen to music and then visualize like, you know, a track jump with Griff and Nate or whatever. And then we'll go out and do that. And then I'll edit it to that song. And then I'll be able to watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And it, it, it gives me kind of like the same nostalgic um, stuff from skydiving. So that's a huge part of it for me yeah. um, too. You know, we started out and we've been talking a ton on, um, you know, uh, instructor and mentor stuff. And um, I also want to do um, tandem videography and, and stuff because I really enjoy just sharing that with other people yeah. and allowing them to watch the video over and over again, hopefully. We are so. we turn into pumpkins soon. We do have to cut this short soon, but I want to I want to bring up a couple more things. Number one, video. You know about the film festival? I do now. Are yeah. you going to enter the film festival yes, next sir. year? Please Definitely. spread the word. Please tell people. Do you know what the grand prize winner took away for the film festival this year? I do not. A GoPro eight. Who? An Aries two. Who? A ProTrack two. A. A free G four. Let's go. Not this is all free so far. A free pair of swoop shorts for Batan Day Wee. That's a couple hundred dollars right there. Okay. 20% off a complete infinity rig, top to bottom, all the options and everything. Usually they only give you base price, no discount on the options. So it turns into a pretty good chunk of change Damn, there. That's awesome. A free custom jersey from Option Studios. Custom design, one of jersey made just for you. Eight free jumps from Skydive Spaceland. Um, uh. um, Justin's looking at the prizes. A free digital subscription from Blue Skies Magazine. Sweet. So it was said and done twenty two twenty five hundred dollars worth of prizes, and we hope to get the same prize pool next year and or more. So cool. definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be in there and got to give a shout out to Mr. Hudson K. I know he took dude, it home this year. That's awesome, it. dude. He he's, a, he's, a, he's an awesome person. And and glad his song was so catchy. Um, and I've heard it now, like in a movie. Like I hear it regularly, and it just it gets stuck in my head. And all I see is his, is his video now. Yeah. Um, I love beautiful people. He featured all mm -hmm. his homies. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into tandem videography, and it's the last thing we're going to hit up real quickly. How many jumps do you need? What qualifications do you need to shoot a tandem video? 300 free fall skydives with another person. So two or, two or more ways um, and 300 of those puppies. If you have a coach rating. If you have a coach rating. If you don't have a coach rating, 500 jumps. Okay. There's a little bit more qualification, so let's real quick. 500 jumps or 300 jumps in a coach rating. Okay. A hundred RW jumps in the last year, relative work jumps in the last year. Okay. Can be belly, can be vertical. It just shows the ability to safely approach and depart a formation because that's what you need to be able to do. Understand. Uh, relative works that the instructor is sure of. In other words, I'm sure of your relative work skills. Hey, I think I know you. This ain't worth risking a noob over. I have no fucking clue who you are. Hey, I'm so sorry. Justin, my homie, is your homie and knows for certain and can vouch for you with all certainty and I trust him, I would do that as well. Um, and you are supposed to, if you're going to wear a camera, have 100 videos, uh, 100 video camera jumps. Cool. Now, all that being said, GPT is working on a new package to expand those policies and procedures. And there's also a briefing uh, of how to approach, how to dock, when to dock, what to do. And th that briefing should always happen just to make sure. Okay. Um, so your goal now, 300 jumps in a coach rating. Have 100 video jumps, which I think you'll get that over a pretty quick time. Um, one of the qualifications they're looking at is 100 out 
side video jumps, not 100 jumps with a camera on your head. There's a difference okay. between shooting video and flying. flying. Yeah, the camera. I've done a couple of the outside yeah. video ones, and they're challenging. It's definitely different than just doing you know, a regular jump and filming, You know, just getting the shots. Uh, it's definitely different. You, you got to watch... Um, yeah, getting over to the top of the formation and stuff. It's the mindset changes very quickly. Yep. All my video early on was outside video. I I, uh, I started my first uh, video jump was with a guy named Heath Richardson. I jumped my camera for the first time. He said, hey, it's your first time with a camera. I was free flying, so it was meant to be inside the formation over time. He goes, but let's go ahead and start with the outside the formation just so you don't have to worry about interacting with the group and get used to flying with a camera on your head, which was phenomenal advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably did a whole weekend of just shooting outside video. Um, eventually got on a three-way free fly team. I was a videographer, so you're outside. Right um, and then just the outside video, I've done 40 ways, four way, uh, and then free fly. Nothing like, I haven't done any like VFS vertical. That would, that's mm-hmm. super hard, man. I, I don't have that skill set yeah. at all. I know. I super wish Nicholas would have been here. Yeah, but man. I'm so know. sorry you have to put up know. with us. Oh, it's like, it's been great. It has been so good. So good. But I, I definitely had some, a few questions for him. So yeah, like what? Um, just about his experience and how he started with the videos and how he started with skydiving and how they came together and where, how he got to where he got today. And, um, cause I've been, I've been keeping up with some of his video stuff right whenever I figured out, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he was doing that. Um, um, I just really wanted to, to see his work and I haven't met him yet. And so it would have been really cool to, you know, meet him on the show. And so and something that, there never works right on this show is we never have enough time actually i can't say that every now and then i can't wait for the show to be over (laughs) it's only probably happened three times in 120 some odd episodes but this is one of those cases that like man we never got to go over full topics i always had to cut short because i wanted to hit at least a couple key points for some of the listeners um typically when i ask a guest to come back i want to wait at least a year because there's just logistical reasons that make Mm -hmm. sense uh number one we got to have you back at some point because we can't cover it all. Number two, we're going to do something a little bit different. Let's have you back at some point in the next few months and have just a video conversation because there's a lot of people who have the questions you have. We really want to have a show where we, we relay and, and use that information. I think that would be a great opportunity to yeah, get you and Nick in the lo- same I room. Lo- I love that. Cool, man. As we get going, as we get wrapping up, anything you want to share with your friends, your family, those new jumpers who are coming to the position you're in? Just have fun. Have a smile on your face. Choose good and live your life, man. Man, listen to those resources that are available in front of you. They're there for a reason. We're not telling you no to stop you. We're telling you how to do it safely. Mr. G, anything you got? No, I'm just, I'm amped up for our, our trip, our roadshow. Man, that roadshow's going good. We have Shannon Pilcher locked into a date. Uh, John LeBlanc cannot lock in a date yet. Uh, him and some of his people, his people are talking to me. Um, I felt really, <laughs> I got a message. Him and I were talking at some point. Somebody sent me a message. He's going to handle the business now. And I'm like, oh, I got his people. Um, he's out of town traveling, so he's trying to lock in a date. Uh, and hopefully Bill will. Uh, uh, we'll get those dates locked in as soon as we can. A lot of you guys and gals have thrown down. A lot of you guys and gals have helped and donated to the cause. Uh, we do need a little bit more money. Those of you who say, man, I'm sorry what I did is not much and it's not enough. Yes, it is. It is tons. It is a lot. If you've already donated, you've done more than enough. But those of you who haven't, a couple of dollars is way more than you realize because a few of you add up to be a, a lot more than you thought. So if you want to hit us up, Monty at Gravity Lab Radio or any other way you know how to get a hold of me, White boy, play some asshole music.
<laughs> so guys and gals, Gravity Asshole. Lab Radio, Asshole Music, yeah, Gravity Lab Radio, we are going to be out. This week's episode came in just a little bit early. We're gone for a week and a half because Mrs. Gravity Lab Radio has a little plans for me. So uh, we'll be out. We'll be doing our thing. We'll be back at the end of the month. Uh, and it's just going to be the boys that night. You, me, and uh, Nicholas. Sounds good. Let's grab another asshole like Critter just for fun again. <laughs> guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies, Nick sucks. Woo. I hate Nick. Nick's a midget. Fuck Nick. I wonder if his tattoos hurt. His tattoos are sick, brah. So sick. So sick.